Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Marty alongside Dave. Hello. John. Possibly not. <laughs> and Aaron. Hey. Um, John. John's on a bit of a delay. Um, I think the weather in Scotland is really knocking him off. Um, so while he looks like he's here and he looks like he's kind of still active there i don't know uh he may be a delay so we'll get john back whenever we can um guys let's continue on without him until he does maybe come on board with ourselves uh dave i know i seen you last night but how are you doing good 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 um was a, a cracking game obviously we'll be talking about it later but uh yeah it was a it was a good night it was indeed. Uh, we will talk about the European Knights uh, in the arena um, in a bit more detail in the next period, um, but we will we will get to that. And Aaron, uh, the last recording you were in America. How are you doing? I'm yeah, I'm good. I enjoyed America quite a bit, but unfortunately, just like any trip that I have at the moment, I brought back the flu. Um, so had that myself, and I've given it to the entire family, which is which is fun. That's fun. Um, so it's passed, being passed around. You're very nice. I've got to say, you're, right. oh, you're very nice. So, you're always so generous. You're always thoughtful and bringing back some kind of lurgy whenever you're on your travels. So, you know, at least you're consistent that way. Um, and John, I, I don't know if you are there or not. He seems to have went off completely now. Um, but we'll get him back in a few minutes, hopefully. Um, and John will join us. Um, it has been a busy fixtures list, shall we say, since our last recording just over two weeks ago. Um, we've seen lots of games both in the league here, in the Elite League um, in the UK, as well as the Cup. Um, and the Belfast Giants, our own team here in Belfast, um, have had to challenge Cup uh, fixtures as well, um, which we will get into. Um, oh, we'll just change that until John comes back because we're looking uh, Hang on. I don't even know if I have one. I'll take it off. Um, <laughs> um, we will get John back, hopefully. Um, guys, if you're happy enough, what we'll do is we'll get stuck into our normal show. Um, we do have our normal three periods of hockey. And on this week's episode, we do have a new feature, uh, which we are excited to put out there. Um, it's our new 14 with 14 feature, um, which is the brainchild of John, who unfortunately has popped out. But hopefully we'll get back. Um, and we'll get stuck into our show as we normally would do, um, starting off with our, oh, John, yay, you back can you actually hear us this time yeah i can hear you hopefully you can hear me that's been a complete disaster hopefully you have gone over the fact that there is a storm raging just outside the the shed window uh and it's a bit of a big one um no we didn't we didn't mention it. we just said it was pretty bad weather um i did ask before we came up. <laughs> we did ask before we came on to the podcast um what was it what level of um storm had we got to um and you had mentioned that it was to the point where like we could have be seeing lift off of uh trampolines and that sort of thing oh absolutely there, there will be tiktok videos with uh, people with broad scottish accents going oh my god trampoline trampoline <laughs> um we have just got to the point john where we're just going to go across the uh league fixtures in the cup but before we do that just check in with you see how things are going how, how are you up there in, in scotland how's things been the last two weeks uh things have been good things have been uh nice and chilled out actually um trying to think what's happened over the last couple of weeks um were you uh, were you here before the last episode marty i i can't honestly remember what's happened um yes so yes. i've i've been to 
I've been to one game in Fife. I went to the shootout game, so that was interesting. Yeah, we'll maybe get on to that as well. You can give us your, your rundown on your take on that game in, in Fife last week. Um, we did mention as well, John, that we do have our new feature coming up, uh, 14 with 14, but you can kind of give us a bit more background in that when we get to that point later on in the show, if that's okay. Um, so we'll get stuck in as we normally do, and we'll take a quick rundown through the league and cup standings as they are in the Elite League here in the UK. Starting off with the league, we're going to look at the, uh, the league first and foremost. So the Sheffield Steelers are currently sitting top with six games played and 10 points, followed by the Nottingham Panthers with five games played eight points. Manchester Storm sit in third with four games played and seven points. Belfast Giants sit in fourth with three games played and six points. Cardiff are in fifth, four games played, four points. Fife are in sixth, three games played, three points. Dundee are in seventh with four games played, three points. Coventry are in eighth, four games played, and three points. Glasgow in ninth, four games played, three points. And Guildford Flames sit in tenth with four games played and two points. Um, okay. As we normally would do, let's get your reactions and your thoughts, guys, on where we're currently, how currently things are standing in the league. Uh, Dave, we're going to come to you first. Uh, Sheffield Steelers sitting in their top two games played, or sorry, six games played, 10 points. have only dropped two points so far in the six games that they've played. Uh, and then not only the Panthers sitting in second with five games played and eight points. So starting off their season pretty good and pretty strong there. Uh, what's your thoughts? Yeah, um, it's uh, it's obviously the sort of the way, definitely the way they want to see it go. Um, they are um, thing that bugs me uh, is the Steelers are being a bit smug for it only being a few games in. They done a post on Twitter or X or whatever heck it's called these days. Um, X um, saying uh, that you know great start and blah blah blah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's all right. You know, <laughs> it's not bad, but it's what six games, so we'll all be you know fairly early doors. You're not going to see any anybody sort of set in winning ways for another few weeks uh, and months yeah i think you're right i mean it is early doors but um again you know some teams have have, have took off strong some teams surprisingly maybe not having the best start that they were hoping for maybe this in this league campaign especially given the, the amount of pressure maybe they were under coming into this campaign given how well they did last year we're looking at guilford flames there um but john coming over to you um what's your thoughts i mean mid-table kind of area there you've got belfast giants who so far i think are the only team who have got who've got maximum points of the maximum games have played so three games played and six points in total um i think they're on an unbeaten streak at the moment and i'm sorry to say that touch wood it i haven't jinxed or anything um what's your thoughts are just middle pack table at the moment um uh middle of the table is not going to stay middle of the table there are a couple of teams up at the top end who are not going to stay there um Look, let's be totally honest, Manchester, Nottingham, you're not staying at the top end. Uh, there are Belfast and Cardiffs who are fit to come and overtake you in mere weeks, I think is how that's going to happen. Um, Giants have obviously been delayed with uh, playing domestic games with the CHL, which we're going to talk about, I'm sure. Um, and Coventry uh, haven't had the best of starts uh, alongside Guildford. Uh, and I know you asked me about the middle table, but those are teams that I think are going to be middle table. Um, uh, they're they're fit to come up. The one thing in the middle of the table I'm quite glad to see is Five Flyers. Um, I said it uh, last podcast. I think I've said it for the last couple of podcasts. Uh, Fife are, in my opinion, the strongest of the Scottish teams by far. Uh, and I think that's a position that they deserve to be in right now. And I think they will, they will stay a mid-table team uh, through the rest of the season. Whether they break into the top five, I don't know, but that should be what they're aiming for. Um, yeah, I would agree. Um, top five has to be what they're we're going for. In terms of the bottom, there, you know, you kind of touched upon it. Glasgow having 
played six, uh, four games and scoring three points. Um, but a lot of chatter online from a lot of people who've seen them so far or who've seen Glasgow playing is that a lot of potential coming from the team. Um, and we talked before about what we kind of thought in relation to those three Scottish teams and, you know, who'd be maybe the top for the three Scottish teams, Fife, Dundee or Glasgow, and who will come out top there. At the moment, kind of your prediction, John, and, and from what we said, Fife Flyers sitting there at the top of the three Scottish teams. I mean, they have looked the strongest so far out of the seasons. I mean, there's no way I can do even in the cup standings wise. Fife have looked stronger. Yeah, um, I think this is a season that the Flyers will more than likely, if the wheels don't fall off, they will make playoffs. Uh, I think they can have another pop at the cup this year. Um, I think this is a, a season with a new coach, with a new approach. Um, and just going off the back of the interview that Tom Cullen did with A View From The Bridge was fantastic. Um, the guys come in with absolutely no preconceptions of what this league is. Um, clearly, he's disappointed with the way that the fixtures are organised uh, and who can blame him, uh, especially with the sort of home away travel uh, when you're playing teams that are a fair distance away from you. It's an absolute nightmare. Uh, and God love him, he didn't even, uh, I think, realise that Fife made the final of the cup last season. It was uh, the lads on a view from the bridge had to tell him that. Um, so, yeah, look, he's he's the right guy at the right time for that team uh, and like you say I think yeah that mid-table is where they need to aim like, they can surprise us in postseason, but let's not get ahead of ourselves we're only what three weeks into the domestic season so let's let's carry on as if uh, we expect the entire season to run on yeah no I think you're right there I think you're right Aaron uh, before we move on to just look at the cup um, your thoughts anything any particular teams any particular points of the league that you're are the league that you've that have caught your attention no, it would just be a complete summary of what, what Dave and, and, and John have just said there. It's really early days to get any type of uh, view on this. But it is surprising to see Guildford way down at the bottom, like right down at the bottom uh, this early on. Um, so we'll be keeping an eye on those. And I'm very excited to see Fife in the middle of the table at the moment. Uh, it's good to see a shake-up going on in Scotland at the moment. Um, hope them, I actually hope they get a bit further up in the middle of the table. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Um, I think you're right with the Guildford thing. You know, being tenth there, as I've already mentioned, as I kind of already alluded to, it's it was such a common end of this season. There was so much pressure already on Guildford coming in, and the fact that you know people were looking at Guildford, being like, "What is there? What are they going to do? You know, how are they going to maintain or, or kind of do better than what they did last year?" Um, so a lot of pressure on Guildford. So we hope that um, obviously maybe that, that kind of maybe turns around for them as well. And their season maybe starts to kind of pull together a bit more. Uh, we will talk about Guildford a bit more in our episode, especially in our period one, because there was a bit of change and shake up there um, in this week in Guildford. Um, and so we will come back to Guildford later. Um, guys, let's take a quick look across to the cup standings. Um, our favourite cup uh, of all, our favourite our favorite, um piece of silverware that is on offer um, and that is the cup challenge cup here in the elite league um, so group a uh, qualified already as we mentioned the last podcast is the Belfast Giants haven't played five games with 10 points their sixth game is this weekend against Glasgow clan I believe uh, here in the SSA arena uh, the five flyers sit in second with six games played and six points uh, I think they've pretty much qualified I would say at this stage uh, haven't played all of their six games uh, and Glasgow clan are sitting in third with two uh, or sorry sitting in the third with three games played two points 
points. Unfortunately, Dundee has played four of their games and have scored no points so far. Uh, in Group B, we have the Cardiff Devils haven't played four games and scoring six points. Coventry Blaze have played four games and scored four points. And Guildford have played four games, scoring two points. And in the Group C, then we have the Sheffield Steelers playing three games, making six points out of that. So again, full points from the six from the three games they've played. Not in Planters have played three games and scored two points. And the Manchester Storm have played four of their games and scored two points. Um it's again, you know, we're kind of getting to the point where the this, thankfully, uh, it'll still drag out probably until November time. Uh, we are at a point where the group stages will be coming to an end quite soon. Have most people playing their maximum amount of games that they're due to play in those group rounds. Um, I suppose right now it's it's looking at that. You know who is the team that's going to drop out? Um, shall we say? Um, and it looks this time it's going to be the Dundee Stars. I think it's it's pretty. Yeah, well, what's the question? What am I trying to ask? Um, is it inevitable now? Do you feel that Dundee are not going to progress to the next stage, or do you think they could pull it back in the next, last two games they've got, John? No, they're done. They they've laid an egg in four games. Uh, they're not bringing that back. the The Challenge Cup is already over for Dundee and Mark Lefebvre's team. Um, that is a team who have gone from being in crisis last year to being in an abject crisis this year um it it's horrendous uh what's going on there what are you laughing at oh right okay uh, anthony from yeah, banners anthony. on the yep. wall um he's made a comment just so we for anybody who's listening to the podcast our traditional uh, method of people listening to this show uh the elite league challenge cup the only format works is a picture in tiff 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 i'll say tiff probably pronounce something really random um it's a bit like the jpeg thing um and the gif thing so anyway um guys uh that's i suppose or sorry i should ask anybody else any other opinions on the challenge my opinion my opinion is king just move on move on (laughs) uh coming to you next um your thoughts on on standings for the challenge cup any anything that's unlikely to change at this point or or do we think we've got our our cemented um next rounds already put put together oh it'll be it looks fairly, uh, fairly solid, um, with the the exception of Glasgow with extra games. But with the group they're in, it's pretty much done, you know. So it's again, it's lovely to see the Giants. Fingers crossed, take full points. Um, but even if they don't, it's still um, we're still in good shape. So uh, there's still there's uh, still that top seed to play for. So every game is a win in the Challenge Cup in the group stage. So we know that brings home advantage down the stretch. Yep. I was just about to ask that next question there to Aaron. I was going to say, you know, obviously the the home advantage is um, is up for grabs, and obviously it's it's showing how important that is when it comes to the later stages of this competition, especially when it comes to the hosting of the final. If you get to that point, um, so the Giants need to push through and get that final point at their final few points. Certainly, you don't, you don't think this is so jarring. In the last conversation, we're like, oh, it's too early days to get to to get any gauge on how this is going to go, and then you jump to the cup, and you're like, oh. Dance have already qualified, and you know Dundee's aren't. It's just it's so jarring when you go from one to the next. Yeah, but sorry. Yeah. There, we've we've already clinched in the group stages. Yet no one's going to lift that trophy until March. What a nonsense! Exactly. Anyway, but yes, uh, let's get those those further points to get uh, another home game there. Um, every year we complain about this thing, and it's absolutely god awful. Like it should be done, like the Aladdin Club, and be done. Before they haven't dropped the puck first. Oh, and another another cup that nobody cares about. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We, this one here, though, is the play till the end of the mid-year, you know. 
guys, we live in hope for next year. You know, we've been we've been almost promised that they're they're going to look at the structure for the Challenge Cup coming next no, year. No, they're not. So, no, no, no. What that's... we've been promised, what we've been promised, is probably they're going to use CHL rules. They're not going to change the format. They're not going to do anything else. They're just going to say a two minute a two you... minute minor is two minutes. I won't have you say anything against those rules. They're brilliant. We're going to talk about. We are definitely going to talk about that. Um, in our first period, it's the first round, period one. Um, we will be talking about that, those rules, and the, um, what we think of those now. Um, guys, before we move on to your period one, I just want to kind of get a kind of a general feel for uh, what you guys think in relation to. Should we even touch upon the standings right now in the NHL? Given the fact, I think maximum three games or four games have been played there um, because it only started in the last week. Um, I'm going to say probably not until maybe later in the season, until it becomes a bit more important uh, for the Stanley Cup playoff standings. But um, if you kind of want to get a, a rough idea of how things are going, we'll just look at like, take a quick look at, at who's at the top. Uh, so in the Atlantic Division, Boston are sitting top. Of course you guys do want to talk about it. None of you are um, in the- <laughs> as, it, as it stands, none of us are making playoffs except for Dave. So well, no. let's just move on. <laughs> exactly. Because why, what I was going to say was the um, the top three wildcards, no, top four wildcard spots in like in, in Eastern um, in the Eastern Conference um, all sitting on four points each. There's no real, there's no real need to go through it. Um, uh, yeah, okay, John, you're, you're, Dave, you're sitting in the second place there in the Western. Um, but, you know, um, so I think it's, it's, all probably about it. been, it's probably early days. So I think maybe if we come back to it, maybe, maybe in our next episode or maybe probably towards the end of November, it might be more tasty at that point. But um, we'll, 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 we'll leave it for there for now and um, we'll, we'll skip past the current standings because, as I say, it's really, like, I mean, most play, most teams have only played three games. So we'll, we'll, we'll wait listen, for some more games. Listen, it's NHL regular season. Who cares? <laughs> Harsh. Harsh. Uh, um, John, how's your how's the season open for 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 you guys? There is that maybe why you're not. Ah, uh, let's move on. <laughs> um, just for reference, for anybody who doesn't know, Nashville is John's team currently sitting uh, with four games played and two points. Um, currently sitting eighth um, in the wild card spots there for the uh, Western Conference. Um, I remember yes. what the the the, the, the not, I wasn't even the opener. I think it was just a warm up game between uh, the Flyers and the New Jersey Devils. Fuzz. And uh, it was, I, I caught the, the highlights the next day, and it was six nil to the uh, to the New Jersey Devils, and I and I was like, great, great. Let's hope the season gets better than that. <laughs> what was what was the stat you threw out though, Aaron, last season? Something about uh, like complete and abject like failures of seasons then lead to brilliant successes for the Flyers somehow. Yes, let's go for that. Well, I can't remember what the stat was. It was something, but it was something like so many games lost uh, in a row then led to them making the playoffs or something like that. Didn't so work surely, out surely an season. opener, surely like a six 0 <laughs> opener means that you're gonna then just go on an absolute run and win the cup. That's that. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, the only thing I'll say about Toronto is uh, Austin Matthews first two games, two hat tricks in a row. Beautiful start. Um, doing you lots of good there. Yeah, and then we, it's phenomenal start. Yeah, and then we uh, we talked about Connor Bedard, Bedard, and then a fantastic trip from Theo Fleury. Or Andre Fleury too. Oh, Fleury, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was that was pretty uh, pretty unique. Uh, he's, uh, I mean, we we could talk about it about Bedard again. Um, I know Mark that Mark, um, friend fan of the show, um, had asked the question about what we kind of thought Bedard um, in his first season, and so far it's been, I suppose, the, the most entertaining part is that he seems to be 
the mic seems to be catching him a lot like where he's having conversations with like the refs and stuff and it's like he just seems like a real like young child be like oh he, uh i, I see something against sydney crosby did you see that uh he keeps, <laughs> he keeps beating me he keeps beating me and he, i haven't won one at all it's it's really like it's, it's like it's properly like and the ref be like oh you're but you're doing really well being in the league you know it's, it's it's been really funny kind of just watching those little bits and pieces or like his reactions to certain things or seeing certain players um and i know uh brad mashan uh, mashan had a uh, you know introduced himself in a nice physical way as well um in their first meetup um so it's been it's been quite fun to watch that at least um guys i think that's it for our, our preamble our pre-warm-up um if you are happy enough what we'll do is we'll get stuck into our period one of hockey okay period one is a roundup of news uh, from around the uk um i'm going to start us off um, and we had alluded to this already in our pre our, our pre our pre-game shall we say um and that is the um office giants had two games uh recently um in the chl since our last recording um two i had well, to say two great games two phenomenal games but winning both games um the Giants have, unfortunately, they'll bowed out of the CHL, um, even after the unbeaten home record. Uh, unfortunately, they just they, it wasn't in their hands uh, last night um, in the SSC Arena. Um, we, Belfast Giants fans, were needing other teams to kind of do us a favor and win. Um, and unfortunately, it just didn't happen. Giants did did take the win last night um, against Checkside Dynamo Produce. Produce. Yeah, produce. Uh, and they did win 3-2 at home. Um, fantastic game uh, from start to finish. Uh, we did go, we were, what, 2-0 down at one point um, to come back, rebound back in, and, and take the win in a very impressive uh, performance, shall we say. Um, really gritty team performance. I mean, whole thing from start to finish was just a fantastic night. And I, I kind of I kind of said this on my on my own personal Twitter account last night. And I'm sure Dave and, and John and Aaron, you've you've been you were at a CHL game this year as well. Sorry. Um you were at the first CHL home game. Mm. I mean there's just something about those European nights that just hits differently. I mean I mean let's let's look at the first game first off. John, you attended uh the, the CHL game last week's CHL game on the Tuesday night. Um, I mean, that atmosphere alone on that night was just electric. I mean, we'll talk about it, that that, that goal, shall we say. And it's another one of those that goal moments. I mean, how phenomenal was was that? Like nine, four seconds left in the game. Four seconds left in the game. Yeah. I mean, roof came off. 4.4 4. 4 seconds left in the game. Um, absolutely fantastic goal. And look, we we absolutely handed that German team their backsides. Um, so, <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> it was a, a win's a win, and it was a shutout win at that. Uh, there's been a few European games where the atmosphere has just been completely different in that arena. I think back to games against Augsburg um, in the Continental Cup that didn't end up being a win, but what an atmosphere it was in that arena for that game. Um, absolutely unbelievable. And that was another one. Uh, so I was really, really glad that I made it over for that game. Just fantastic. Yeah. I, I mean, really appreciate you being there because I, this was the one that I was getting a mini door 14 yeah. hot pocky, um, uh, podcast. So I was somewhere in, in DC, Washington. And uh, every so often I picked up my phone and there was a voice message from, from John and the lads giving me an update of, what, what was going on in that period it was well appreciated. <laughs> um, it was it's definitely uh, it was definitely a, a night that was it, it, 
I was. I think there's a photograph there somewhere. I think Dave, John, you might have the photograph. There was a photograph there somewhere of my my now what has now become kind of uh, I suppose my trademark in in, in at down around door fourteen around all of the people who sit around us were my hoods ready to go, especially when it comes to uh, penalties and overtime. And it was it was getting lower and lower over my head um, because we I I thought we're heading for penalties, it's going to happen, and then that's going in and I was just <laughs> I was relieved in some ways as well but it was just electric um Dave last night's game I would say pretty much was just was maybe there was not that there wasn't that same moment in terms of that kind of that, that powerful goal last minute goal type on the line type thing but the atmosphere last night as well was still just as electric people the response last night was just just as just as strong would you say Oh yeah, and it was um, from end to end. It was, uh, I think, a higher tempo. Um, the uh, Salzburg game was was a fantastic. It was very clinical from the Giants. You know, they were staying out of the box, um, and they were were taking their chances when they could. And then uh, last night it was more of the same, but they ratcheted it up. The speed was more. We got more shots on goal. Um, we outshot them, which was a massive surprise to me. Um, and then taking the um, the penalty, the power play when we we did and used it to its full advantage um, with two goals um, on the same power play, which was um, interesting. And almost the third, there was a, a really solid chance for a third goal on that uh, power play. Yeah. Um, it was a really good night. The, the, it, it was a bit jarring with the, the way the rule works and even the um, both teams were a bit after the restart, was like, okay, what's going on here? But obviously it worked out in our favor. Makes it, a, it definitely adds a different dynamic. Whether I'd want to see it uh, in other competitions, I don't know. Um, whether it adds anything to the game, it's it's all up in the air. It's too early to make a decision like that. But we'll, we'll find out in the finals, probably, of the CHL, whether um, it's actually um, useful or not, or if it adds anything to the game. Um, because... When you get some of these big European powerhouses going head to head for for silverware, and uh, they come across a power play, they could easily put two or three goals in. Um, so it'll be it'll be when we we see whether it uh, adds advantages or hinders. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, for us last night, it did, it did definitely uh, play in our favor, and it's still one of those ones where you said it's a bit jarring, you know, when you've got that happening. And I, I would agree because even in the crowd last night, you had some regular fans maybe 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 newer fans maybe to the league as well or maybe to the game where i think there's a bit of confusion still going on and i know the giants have tried to combat this with having the explanation video right at the start of the game so people kind of get an idea of okay don't forget there's a difference you know in the chl and they try to explain it quite well but there's still a a, a group and there's still a group of murmurs here whenever things happen like last night it happened perfectly was whenever the giants scored and they were still you know on the power play there's, there's a smattering of fans behind us being like why 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 hasn't it going back to five on five um and so it's kind of switching between regular season being you know as soon as you score the player comes back on again and that sort of thing so it's about switching your brain around for the different competitions that are going on um especially when you're you know whenever whenever your other um you know league and your challenge cups are already full swing um that you kind of have a game right in the middle where it changes up again and it's yeah i can see why maybe it is but jarring some people kind of maybe just get a bit confused and keeping on top of what things are happening um, but it definitely worked in our favor last night um, and there was a bit of I suppose there was questions whenever we were talking about this during the off season when they were talking about that change to the rules um, whether or not it would be a, 
it de- would it be would it be make a difference? And last night it definitely did. Um, it was good. It played in our favor last night, and it has played against us, I think, as well in the past. And when we were away, I think in Sweden, I think that's what it, it was against us. Um, but I suppose I suppose because we're talking about CHL, um, I kind of I'll move over to a question we got in um from from Mark um at Pen sixty seven, um. Hotdog Pen 67, sorry. Um, he has asked a question I'm going to read out because it, it kind of fits in now instead of reading it out later on in, in our overtime section. He just wanted to know, um, a lot of Giants fans have been vocal in the past about preferring the Continental Cup over the CHL. Haven't had their most successful campaign in the CHL so far. What do you guys stand, where do you guys stand on the debate now? Um, John, we'll come to you first. Um, honestly, if you'd asked me that two weeks ago, it would be a very, very simple answer, and I would tell you I would go to the Continental Cup every single time, and that would be my choice. Um, I still do subscribe to the, the school of thought that go into a competition that you expect to come out with something for it. Uh, not saying this season that we haven't taken something from the CHL, because we definitely have, but the squad that we've had over the last two seasons especially... Uh, for how how well they've done in the group stages of the CHL, I think that those teams walk away with the Continental Dinner Plate Trophy. Like that is, I think that's a certainty. Unless we come up against a really hot opponent uh, who puts a big shock or big surprise on the, the Giants, I think we take the Continental Cup. The CHL this season, though. Um, one point separated us from being the first EIHL team to make it into the the playoff stages of the competition. Um, that's that's heartbreaking. And you look at the the result against was it uh, Innsbruck, uh, a two two one game, a one goal game. That's the difference. That that loss is the difference. Even if that goes to an OT result, that is a that presents a different. Uh, story for the Giants we probably at that point make the playoffs Uh, I said last night on Twitter uh, for the first time actually let's do this again next year Uh, let's go back to the CHL I think we've proven a point I think the restructuring of the CHL has been done in a way to make things very difficult on what they call the challenger leagues which we are one of um, not one of the founding leagues of the CHL so we only get we don't even get guaranteed a space every year, but we got one this year. Uh, hopefully, with the way that the Giants performed, we get one again this season for the, I think it's the league champions, isn't it? Get the CHL uh, shot. So I would absolutely go again and let's aim to make those uh, those playoffs. Um, Dave, we had a, a bit of a conversation just on, I know you can answer you can answer Mark's question, obviously, your 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 opinion on Continental versus CHL. So I want that, your your opinion on that. But um, just to touch upon something that John said there, and we had a bit of a conversation about this last night, you know, going into this season, there was that thing at the start of the season around whether or not a UK team um, was going to get a spot. Um, there was some questions around you know whether or not the uk teams were strong enough to compete at the chl level and whether or not they were going to give a spot i mean after this performances so far you've seen and, and the response and i suppose the i suppose the chl's love for the belfast giants following even just like the, how their fans have reacted and stuff and the story they've put together i mean what's your what's your take yeah it was definitely a bit of um sort of dirt in our eye um after the the, the home games you know that giants team 
pretty much was you know the start of the, the the end of last season. It was pretty much up in the air what we were going to be getting uh, post season, um, whether we we're going to go into Europe, whether it was going to be a Continental Cup or or, or CHL. Um, and after that display, there's I don't think there's anybody can doubt that um, at least the Giants teams that have been there deserve to be there. Um, and the the level of the British ice hockey has definitely increased to a point where they're creeping closer and closer to the the top, uh, not necessarily the top teams in Europe, but definitely the other challenger leagues. Um, the, the display we put against Balzano, a team that we've played uh, in the past in the, the Continental Cup, um, was unbelievable. Um, and we were 4-0. You know, two shutouts in our home games. Um, there's few of the uh, of any of the teams can can uh, state those sort of numbers. We've finished above Tabaré Tampere uh, in the group stages. It's fin- uh, a finished team. You know, so that sort of puts it in uh, in the sort of levels that definitely British teams need to be added to that in a in a sort of more consistent basis. Um, and and I'm sort of with John. If you had asked me maybe a couple of seasons ago, I always loved the CHL. I love the idea of the CHL. I think it's a cracking one. Um, from a fan's perspective, the Continental Cup is hard to um, hard to beat. Um, you know, for that you know one event weekend. But from a competition uh, and learning opportunity, the the CHL is unrivaled. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I would agree um, 100%. I think the CHL does provide an opportunity for um, to take on the best of the best um, in Europe. And while the Continental Cup is still a quality cup, and I'd say the, the structure of the Continental Cup and how it's put together and the, the, the fan experience from the Continental Cup is probably f- far outweighs the CHL kind of experience in some ways. Um, I, I think how this would, year... The sh- oh, sorry, go ahead, Aaron. No, I was going to say, how would your... So we're coming off quite a, a very quite a successful CHL challenge there. Mm-hmm. How do you feel that our our opinions? Because I I agree with you. Actually, I really like it was it's a good opportunity to step up and learn from it. But how do you think our feelings would change if it was a horrendous? And we've had it like if it was a horrendous, and we just lost like every single game and was completely slaughtered. We'd be like, no, no, let's let's stay in our lane and go for uh, the Continental Cup. I get what, I get what you mean 100%. Um I I think, you know, if we were as you say if, if we were looking at a completely opposite direction and we hadn't won anything and we hadn't succeeded in won any games during this this whole experience, would we be still say being as strong and as a, uh, and as positive about whether or not we should be in the CHL? Part of me still says yes because we take on the opportunities and we get we 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 even if even if people do see it as more like a prolonged pre-season which some people do take it as. Um mm-hmm. It's still allowing us to go up against those big teams, get to experience those big nights, experience those those teams and, and those competitors, and kind of get the Giants starting to kind of push and forward and everything else. And um, while you still do that in the Continental Cup, I just think there's just a, a different it's a different kettle of fish. You know, it's a different opportunity um, when you when you're coming up against these big big names and these big teams. Um, and I, I I still stand by even if we are losing. Thankfully, we haven't we haven't lost significantly like massively and it's not like you know we did we did ourselves proud this year um but i i would say i would still probably still sitting on the sitting on the the point of where i would say i still think there's a there's a, there's a point to take part in the chl don't get me wrong i love the continental cup and the experiences i've had in the continental cup in terms of going away and being a fan in the continental cup 
was it was amazing in the couple of times we've done it. Um, but there's still there's definitely something about CHL nights which are just again it, it just buzz. transcends that yeah it buzz yeah. and I do think and I was going to say this just before um, I answered your question Aaron was just that I think the way they structured the CHL this year in terms of changing the way the group standing stages are and and having you know the the the, the five different com- you know, having the, the games, but there's five different, you know, having the different teams each time. So you're not seeing, you know, that thing, that kind of thing where it was the, the different teams for each game. I think mm. actually it's worked out. I think it's a lot better. I think it's worked out in a lot, in a, in a, in a more versatile way, or it's just, it's better to see it that, that way than it was to be get stuck in that group thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anybody else to take on that, but um, I guess we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I, but I, I think I think it's done us. I think it's done us great. I think we we saw earlier from. I appreciate we were talking about it, it's still early season, but the Giants have hit the ground running. You know, got all the points from the the, the season so far. Um, as you said, it was, it's a bit of a preseason to be fair, or an extended preseason. But it's an extended preseason against the top of the top, so it yep. really challenges the guys, makes them gel as a team uh, even further, and will help us in this league to come and also and also don't forget um you know the chl for all of our for all of all of the doubter for all of the people who think we shouldn't be in the chl or whatever it is don't forget that the chl is also a massive massive draw for players we can the belfast giants can sell the chl as a tool when they're trying to bring players in and so they're saying to players when they're trying to bring them in and they're talking through maybe contracts and whether or not they would be interested in coming to play for Belfast you know if you're saying to a player you know from from North America and saying you know there's a competition which is kind of similar to the European Cup of Football you know where you're going to play the best of the best in Europe um, we have an opportunity here you know giving them this opportunity to go and visit Sweden going to visit Finland going and you know all these different Austria and all these different countries you know, it's a bigger draw. You know, it's it's another little selling point to get those bigger those bigger names in and getting people to kind of sign on the sign on the dotted line, I suppose, as well. So we have to take that into consideration too as a selling point, um, from a business point of view as well for the Giants, I guess. And I'm just surmising that's probably something they used as a selling tool. Um, but I would be surprised if they didn't. Um, hopefully that's answered Mark's question. Um, <laughs> guys, what I'll do is I'm going to move on to the next. I'm going to sandwich it. So what I'm going to do is, uh, John, I'm going to move on to you next, if that's okay. And your two stories um, both come from Guildford, and then I'll take the last story before we move on. Sure. Um, so we talked a little bit earlier on when we were talking about the Elite League tables and how the Challenge Cups go, and that Guildford have not had the hottest of starts, uh, I think it's fair to say. Um, that has meant that there have had to be roster changes in Guildford. Uh, so they, at the start of uh, start of the week, I think, mm-hmm. after the weekend games, um, they have uh, announced the release of Petruzzi. Uh, so he is out. And just today, uh, they have announced the signing of Austin Glover, a uh, uh, forward into that lineup. They are obviously looking for more goals, uh, and hopefully that will lead to more points and more wins. Um, guys, this is interesting, considering how early we are into the season. Now, uh, the announcement from Guildford um, does state that their signing of Austin Glover is as a result of an injury to another player being placed on the IR. So this is not uh, a suggestion that this is a direct replacement for uh, Petrozelli uh, and his departure. Um, so the... In- <laughs> The implication there is that there is another signing probably still to come from Guildford. Um, 
I talked earlier about Dundee perhaps being a team in crisis. Um, are Guildford feeling the pressure of an, an early lack of form? Without a doubt, it's gone back to what I said, um, you know, before period one, and then when we were talking, when we were going through the league standings, it's back to what I said. You know, there has been pressure put in their shoulders from from going into the season because of how well they performed last season, um, and you know, even this statement that the Gil- that Guildford did put out through Paul Dixon, and you know, he said that nobody be surprised that we are not happy as a club with the way we have started. For whatever reason, the combination of guys we put together has not worked at all as we had anticipated, um, and we feel we have to make some changes. And as always, the case with this this, this horrific part of this business the results of the team forced decisions that impact individuals which meant they had to let Anthony go um yeah I think it is I think it's I think it's Flames saying making a statement straight away saying we acknowledge that it's not what we wanted to start we know that there's pressure on us in terms of having to perform we've put together you know we've we've set an expectation now with our fans in terms of you know bringing in fans from last year and probably getting a bigger gate this year based on what happened last year and they need to keep performing so I think you know I suppose taking an action on that quicker uh, rather than later, sooner rather than later, is probably the best way to go. Had anyone seen any highlights of this guy playing? Like, what was what singled out this particular player to get released? Um, I don't know. Maybe just not perform, not not putting any points together. Maybe in the league, he's had what eight league perform eight, eight league uh, eight league and cup starts, um, and he's got a pair of assists through the through that. So he's only had yeah. So five, maybe just point production wasn't what they were looking for, and he's probably brought in for that exact reason. Um, and he just hasn't performed in the way they were hoping for. I don't, I don't know. Anthony, Anthony makes a good point as well that Guildford are probably still reeling from the the pinching of Daniel Tedesco oh, yeah, across massive. to the Giants. Um, and yes, it's it's not a secret uh, now that I had a chat with uh, Ben O'Connor and. He had nothing but good things to say about uh, about Teddy. Yeah, I mean, so far you're right, aren't they? I mean, like it's. I mean, Tedesco is has definitely started off and performed. Oh, he's definitely a standout for us so far this season. Um, I think there was a lot of people were concerned and worried about um, obviously departure of of big big names for Belfast. Um, you know, Conway and we had who else did we have? Goody. Thinking of yeah, Goody, both of them leaving, and I think there was a big hole there. People were like, "What is going to happen?" But Tedesco has you know stepped in and so far has been production like he's been great um to the point where i think last night he wasn't on the roster for last night he was he was either benched or something happened last night where he wasn't available to play last night and everyone was like uh where is he <laughs> um but what i would say though and i know this is kind of off topic but what i would say is just about the belfast giants you know bringing into desk is one thing but belfast giants so far and i i know this at the weekend with with dave at the games like i mean that game at the weekend six goals six different players scoring the six goals or whatever i mean We've got power. Um, just like depth you know, the, yeah, the definitely depth, definitely. Um, yeah. Um, uh, um, did, John, was there anything else on your story before I, I switch over to my story? No, no, let's else? let's switch it back over. Okay, uh, I have one last story for this period, and it's just a. I suppose it's just a, a story that I wanted to bring up because I thought it was a really, really brilliant fan night. It was a really great. Um, can we can we just talk about the little tour that Dave just gave us of his uh, recording <laughs> studio there? Um, for anybody who isn't watching uh, the po- whoever isn't watching the the online version of the podcast, um, Dave's camera does tend to move a lot, so anywhere he goes, it just kind of tends to follow him in a in an arc. Is anyone way. else just pure terrified of that camera? Like. Like my camera is set up 
like this area that everyone sees is fairly okay, fairly tidied. If you saw what was outside of this frame, it's a bomb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You know, coming, coming into the recording tonight, I kind of did think it's a good thing people don't see what's over that side of the room now. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just like chaos. Um, but yeah. yeah, between between the, the the lovely little overlays that you've put here and like this jersey looks like it's here. Uh, because it just fills a nice little space there and the fact that it's a door 14 jersey no no this is like the tea making station for the the shed here so i'm really <laughs> glad that this is all covered um that's what you keep that's what you tune in for you we wanted to, people to tune in just to hear about the tours of our rooms and what's behind us Absolutely. we've done this before sorry um, sorry marty i didn't mean to butt in there no that's okay i, I absolutely um, i absolutely did but I coming back to coming anyway. back to the last story as i was mentioning in this uh this period it's the story that the clan last night for anybody um who for anybody who didn't know and i don't know why you wouldn't know because it was all over social media um as it rightly should be last night the clan had a kids takeover event in the brayhead arena um and basically the whole thing was put together from start to finish which was just i thought fantastic so that from uh, from the kids designing the warm-up jerseys and everything else was put together and they were wearing those they had uh, a guest announcer who was an 11 year old who was the voice of the clan um ethan shearer who um if you didn't if you haven't seen it and there's video clips out there if you haven't seen it so far go out and check out one because it's brilliant the kid is so good he's like charisma and confidence and it was just really good to see uh we had uh another fan 10 year old jessica hill who uh was the dj for the, the guest dj for the night helping to uh, generate the atmosphere play the different bits of music um and one of the other things as well that was part and parcel of it was they had a, a guest uh in the um in the in, as, a, as a guest coach shall we say uh in the back room um making the announcements and everything else um and i've completely lost his name here i apologize but i had it a second ago and now i've completely lost it apologies um, all pinstripes in these uh... yes um yeah. someone can find his name that'd be brilliant because i would like to mention him but um the the video footage that was put out of even just like that bits little the photographs and stuff put out there and that bit and pieces of like uh, i think his name is hunter hunter um he was the coach for the hunter day hunter yeah, he was the coach for the day, uh, done the team warm-up. Um, it was just fantastic. And I think what, I was, what I'm trying to allude to is I kind of wanted to get your guys' opinions on this. I mean, I think, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's the first event of its type where they've had the kids take over, let the kids do everything in relation to the night and, and every part of that. Do, have you seen any other team do that? Or is it something you think should be replicated in a way? Or do you think it's kind of like a, it's a clan thing, let the clan run with it? Um, and should other teams maybe just kind of not try to co- replicate? What's, what's your thoughts? Dave, let's come to you first. I think it's a cracking, cracking idea. Um, obviously, you don't want to jump on a bandwagon too quick, but uh, definitely let it sit with the, the clan for a while. But as a, as a concept, it's fantastic. Um, J- John, your thoughts? Yeah, d- absolutely the same um i in a few years time if uh, my daughter got the chance to do any of that uh, i would just absolutely love it whether it was doing the the announcing for the night whether it was working the dj booth uh working on the bench uh giving the pre-team team talk anything like yeah. that uh, it's such an experience for them uh, and for a, a club at to the top end uh, of hockey in the UK to give kids like a chance like that is fantastic. Uh, so uh, more more of this, please. Uh, um, Aaron, so obviously we had people, you know, we had kids, as I explained, who were doing, you know, um, coach for the night. We had the announcer for the night, but we also had kids on the night who were doing um, security 
had kids who were doing merchant <laughs> who were selling the merchandise stalls for people at the box office. We had hospitality helpers. Um, they also had youngsters helping to promote, shall we say, not sell, promote 50-50 tickets and shirts back. Not only sell them because of legal reasons and obviously underage can't sell whatever it is, you know, obviously um, entries to stuff. But one of the big things that they did as part of the kids' takeover night was that young people under the age of 16 had entry for the price of one pound per ticket. Um, I mean, oh, what's your? I mean, I think it was a overall. I think it's only positives coming out of that. Of course, absolutely. I've actually did a quick Google there, and it looks like the Buffalo Sabers do something similar as well. Uh, actually, is there a charity link to it, or is it just um, is it just an event for the sake of, of getting the uh, the kids in having fun, getting them into hockey, or is there is there a charity behind it as well? No, not last night's. No, as far as I know, there was no, there wasn't, a, there wasn't a specific charity that was linked into last night's game. Now that's a great idea. Maybe you know it's something that, that they could look at in terms of um, adding in that dynamic, that 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 idea, I suppose. But no, last night's was just a, a family family orientated organized event, um, and I think that's really all it was last night. Um, but no matter as, what, it as was, you were listening, as you were listening at all the jobs, I was sitting there wrecking my brain trying to figure out what what job would I let Theo do. And I was like, do they still have the subway sub cannon? <laughs> well, that was the question. Well, that was the next question. That was the next question I was going to ask. And he's kind of both, both, the, uh, both Aaron and, and John, you've both kind of alluded to. It. Obviously, you having kids yourselves, and, and Dave, you have two boys. If you could pick, you know, if you think about your kids and their personalities, what job do you think? <laughs> John, your hands shot up there. What, what, well, let's go with you first. I'm pretty sure my 16 month old can drive the Zamboni. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say anything about a Zamboni driver there, but okay, nice, great, yeah. Uh, you need a license to drive a Zamboni? I would say yes. Only if you decide to take it out of the arena on the road to take it home. Are <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're thinking a Subway Cannon? Maybe something I would be, like Subway Cannon. That would be that would be cool. Uh, just Dave, just you're... like not be right in front of him at the time. <laughs> uh, Dave, your two boys. Um, okay, Xander probably would do really well with the the DJ. He loves his music right now. Uh, really does. Um, I don't know. Uh, Harvey would probably have to be like security or something. Yeah. Because <laughs> he has that sort of temper and stuff. So it's be interesting. You, you give Xander a, a a book of stats, man, and he would uh, he would well, be able it. like if he he can rhyme off every single Pokemon and every single uh, yeah. thing like that. You give him the book of stats, he would be able. He would be the stats guy. Well, I, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, um, I hope you don't mind me saying, Dave, but um, Xander obviously was at the game last night, the CHL game last night, um, and that was the first I'd seen him in a while. Um, but he, like, as you were saying, singing, and he was singing his heart away last night, at the both in the game and even on the drive home, because I drove you both home last night, and even mm-hmm. in the car on the way home, he was singing away. So, yeah, I, I could see why you were meaning the DJ thing. But, yeah, I he think... Loves, um, he loves his music right now. But, Aaron, I think you're right as well. Um, I've uh, The amount of uh, knowledge I've gained from, from, from Xander over the years about Pokemon from his in-depth encyclopedic knowledge is is pretty <laughs> impressive. Um, that's great. Um, that's it. I think that's all the stories for that. Um, we do have some penalty. We do have some penalties to discuss and some dots decisions to discuss. So what we'll do is we will swing into our uh, penalty box segment for period one. Okay, our penalty box segment is uh, just a roundup of Dops decisions and hits and 
things that have caught our attention over the last two weeks. Some of these suspensions and some of these stop stations that we'll chat about uh, in this section will have already been served. Um, some of them have been served already. Some of them are still outstanding. Um, but we, it's worth mentioning just to have a bit of quick chat about them, um, just because it's worth mentioning the fact that DOF still exists um, and kind of get your guys' <laughs> thoughts. Um, let's look at the oldest ones. So the oldest ones being, I would say, the Inglis um chris inglis for dundee stars um the boarding call there receiving a one game ban and that was back on the 8th of the 10th um uh guys has everybody had a chance to watch all the videos for uh the dops decisions and everything that's been going on Is that a- sure i'm not watching I'll- it right as we talk <laughs> i'll i'll go for the english one um go ahead i am not surprised at the tariff on this one uh, if I'm totally honest, um, the the one game is pretty standard from what we've come to expect from dots for these sort of calls. I'm not convinced by it, though. I think it's more than one game. Um, but like I say, there is a precedent that's been set and everything is seems to be very, very lax uh, at the minute. Uh, I'm not entirely sure why that is. Um, that looks like a a fairly cut and dry one uh, the guy's driven into the boards in a vulnerable position and I know we talked about it with um, I can't remember if it's one that we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the Giants yeah uh, we're going to talk about the next the Prince yeah. hit um, yeah. there is there is a need for players to defend themselves from these hits uh, but the um, the five Flyers player in this position is not in the same position uh, that uh, with Greg Prince with the guy he hit um, he has his back to Inglis the whole time, so for me, this should be a higher tariff. Uh, this is a mm. this is a two or three game, probably a two game. Uh, I think one game's too light. Uh, but let's say Dops have set the precedent. Yeah, I was actually going to say that. Like, if we take both those instance those incidents together, because um, they both happened, I think on the same weekend. If I'm right in saying, um, they were kind of announced a couple of di- yep. a different day, um, day, a couple so of days. They're on the same day. They're on the same day. Yeah, um, same call, both boarding. Um, so Prince obviously uh, was boarding, and, and it was against the Cardiff Devils there. Um, it was against Chad Petroni. Petroni. I'm going to say that anyway. So the, yeah, I'm going to say that. Petronero. Petronero. There you go. Thank you so much. Um, I, I mean, that one looked a bit different in that there was kind of a, a, an argument in that he does turn to face the boards during the play, but he knew the player was coming, so he did turn his back. Um, which did turn into um, an illegal, which turned a legal hit into an illegal one. So there's kind of a bit of a, a conversation well, about no, that. I know, I know the car- no, be oh. be careful because Dops were very clear to say that that does not make it turn what was a legal check into an illegal check. They've said oh, it. Sorry, it apologies. was an illegal check. Um, the the issue here is about uh, Petronero knowing that Prince was coming. Um, that he. Turned done away a better from job the hit. defended himself. He, he presented the numbers yeah. for the hit, and Prince probably couldn't have aborted out of this hit at this point. Um, I think, to be honest, and I realise that I'm taking up all the time on these two uh, already. I'm going to let the other guys come in on it. Um, I think Dops, in this instance, were forced into giving a ban on this one because of what they'd said with previous hits. Uh, I think the English hit was a much more cut and dry boarding call. This one is incredibly borderline for me. Petronero has to do a better job of def- uh, protecting himself. 
um, and not put himself in a vulnerable position where a hit like this can be laid. Um, and the the biggest problem I have with this one is actually what happened afterwards. Uh, I can't remember who it was on the devil's side that decided to have a go, um, drop the gloves through three or four punches uh, to somebody's head, and all I got was a rough and call in the night. Uh, yeah. It's a nonsense. It was instigating. It was. It wasn't even called as fighting. He should have had that. He should have also had unwilling combatant, and he probably should have had a dops against him as well, which is just a nonsense. But here we go with dops again. Sorry, guys. I'll let the other two come in now. Yeah, Dave. I mean, your thoughts. I mean, obviously, two boarding calls, two very different ways that the that the boarding happened. Obviously, one has you know, obviously the Prince one obviously resulted in an injury um, and the play, um, which maybe compounded the reason why maybe the decision had been made as well because it was maybe um, after you know after the game, you know, management maybe got involved, GMs and stuff got involved. Um, I mean, what's your so, thoughts? Um, I disagree uh, with the use of injury to lengthen a ban. The ban is for what technically happened on the ice. Not You can have an injury on a perfectly legitimate uh, check. We've seen it actually last night. Um, there was a player cleaned after a face-off. Um, and he was down and out for a good five minutes. Um, had to be doctor had to come out and see him. Um, and there was clearly no illegal check. And there was actually very little contact. But the refs spend an awful lot of time trying to figure out if they were going to give something after the fact, based on the fact that there was an injury. Um, that's not how it works. Um, it's based on the um, the game and how it's played and refed at the time. Um, and then you have the ability to reinvestigate it with the, with the DOPS procedure, with a set of uh, guidelines um, that they should follow. Are you saying that they were they were looking to, to give someone uh, a penalty because there was an injury, or exactly, yeah. is it is it more that right there's an injury? Let's make sure that we're certain that there was no foul play. Doesn't matter. You can't uh, re-ref. There was no penalty called at the time of the incident. You can't re-ref and add a penalty after just because of an injury. When it goes to the dops, unless it's uh, the the. Um, illegal check is to injure, as in somebody has went out of their way to injure somebody. Um, there should be no additional games added just because there's an injury on the play. Um, the, the It should purely come down to how bad the technical ability of that check was. Um, and the... <laughs> um, the as we have an episode out called uh, uh, Consistently Inconsistent, don't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's the the one game. Fair enough, it can be used as a as a marker, um, and I do agree that the the in this case, in both cases, that it needed something. Um, Dobbs need to get better um, at giving us all the details again. Remember, for a while they give us a lot of information, step by step throughout the the thing. A lot of it now is sort of um, lip service. Um, they would have said, you know, you got. X think, for this and X for Y. I think you're right for these two boarding yeah, yeah. calls. I think the I think Dops have purposely been quite guarded with the background information. Uh, when you look at the other two uh, Dops decisions that we're going to look at, there's a lot more information about them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're very clear the, about the thought process. But I think this is a result. 
yeah, it's a result of Dops having backed themselves into a corner already with a couple of boarding calls and checks to the head, that sort of stuff. They've already set a little bit of a precedent, which, look, it, it, it pissed people off at the start of the season uh, with the first couple of Dops calls that were made, um, and they have to recover from that now. Uh, so what they'll be hoping for is that they're not looking at a boarding call for the next two or three weeks. People forget push, about it all, and, and all they're looking at the is things like slashes. Uh, push comes to the shove, just they put the work in on those boarding calls and give the information as it stands and stand by their decisions. If they don't give a ban, still release a video and say yeah. why they didn't give a ban. Yeah. I, would give a ban. I would agree with that. Um, just, it's logical. They have to review them anyway. Still put out the, the details. Um, guys, just John, you did mention that there's two other um, decisions being made up with a bit, maybe a bit more detail. Just quickly go through those as well um, before we move on to period two. Um, so this is um, Cardiff Devils forward Brand, Brandon Alderson uh, receiving a one-game suspension for slew footing. Um, uh, and that was the game against the, Co- the Coventry Blaze. Um, the video did show, the video was quite clear and quite transparent in relation to the fact that it was um, a slew footing. I think that's... Uh, Personally, from watching it and seeing everything that's happening, I think it was a, a an easy call. I think it was an easy decision to make. I think it was um, a clear it's an easy decision, call. but it's the wrong yep. decision. It's the wrong decision from Dops. It's a stinking play. It's a professional foul. It's dangerous play. Yeah. That's from behind and puts the guy at risk of smacking the back of his head off the ice, regardless so what of whether he's it, wearing a so helmet. What do you that's think the suspension should be? Think so? That's a three-game oh, ban, yeah. at least. Slew footing is so, so dangerous. Um, and we've seen it take, was it, um, that's got to be my head, I can't remember his name. We've seen it take, uh, you know, take players out for um, long periods of time. And it's not to say that you take the injury into account, but we know it, the only thing that it does is it takes the player off the play. It's not a, you know, nobody wins the puck in those battles. You're taking the player down. Uh, it, it, might as well be, it might as well be a football play. It's, yeah. short, it's not a hockey play. In the slightest, it's a professional foul. It's a, it's a, an act with intent as well. It's uh, Someone has predetermined that they're going to make that sort of contact. That's stinking. Um, and I hope somebody knocked the box off him after that. I don't think they did because I don't think there was anything additional on that. But I hope the next time uh, that those two teams play, um, somebody knocks his bag in because that's stinking and it's not a one-game ban. Have you just got more Scottish or is it just me? Yeah. Might have done. <laughs> just, just generally angrier. Yeah. Um, the last one then is Henbrunt for the Nottingham Panthers versus the Dundee Stars. Um, and that was game this past weekend as well. And that was a slashing call, which has resulted in a one-game ban. Um, the reason for the supplementary discipline in this one is the choice of contact Henbrunt makes with Alan. Um, this isn't a hockey yeah, play, he, regardless of whether Henbrunt Because he not shot some. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm glad you said it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's. He not shot some. This is. Yeah. This is. It's the same thing. How is this a one-game ban? It's a professional. Yeah. It's a professional foul. It's not a hockey play. Um, like I, I don't think this is in the same vein as the slew foot. It should be a couple of games at least. This is a one-game ban again, which I don't. It's not a one-game ban. Um. If you want this sort of play out of the game and you want it out of the elite league, then punish it as such. Um, it's just absolutely stinking. 
stinking. Yeah, Anthony. Yeah, okay. Maybe, maybe you're right, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony is saying, for anybody who is not watching the podcast, uh, Anthony Russell has said, uh, one game per one ball hit. <laughs> that's a fair call fair call um guys, is that not a rule sure that should be a rule already it, it should be but it's not it's um, probably I'm, one of those those dodgy unwritten dots rules i'm gonna round us up there and gonna um cut us off for 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 the penalty box um so we can get moved into um our next segment um because we still have quite a few things to go through um including our period three which is kind of turned into a, a period just full of jerseys so uh, we will get there uh so if you guys are you happy enough then we'll get stuck into our period two of hockey Welcome to period two of hockey. <laughs> Forgot about what I normally say when I start. Um, yeah, so we'll be talking about hockey from uh, everywhere in the globe, bar the UK. Um, we're a bit mired by some uh, negative pieces, which we'll get out of the way first, and then we'll we'll go to yours, John, at the end, if that's uh, if that's good. So, Marty, I'll hand it over to you to cover yours, and then we'll end on a, a nicer note. Yeah, so I think the biggest story, um, obviously, the NHL has just started um, over in um, over in, over in um, North America. Um, so that the, the, you know, the season has just started, um, and before the season started, there was a lot of conversations already on, on going on in relation to the themed nights, as we talked about in a previous podcast. The decision was made by the NHL that um, themed nights and themed jerseys, etc., were no longer going to be the norm in the NHL. Uh, in fact, um, teams were being told that they moving forward for this from this season on, there would be no themed jerseys uh, allowed, pretty much, um, at any point. So, obviously, in the previously, we've seen, um, you know, Pride Nights, we've seen um, Black History Month, we've seen, yeah. uh, you know, we've seen loads of different ones throughout the season, Veterans, some amazing jerseys as a result of those. Um, but this kind of continues with the trend. Uh, so the NHL this week has come out and said that they have banned Pride Tape uh, from being used, which has set off a massive backlash, not just from uh, fans, but also from players and coach and ex-coaches as well. Uh, the story itself is the rainbow-colored Pry Tape, which is a brand itself, has been which has been part of pro hockey for about the last seven years anyway, um, was the symbol of welcome and inclusion uh, within NHL, especially as part of their um, Hockey is for All campaign, which they had, which pretty much now we kind of know it's kind of went by the wayside and there's a, 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 there's a thing I'm going to read out from Brian Burke in a few minutes which kind of alludes to that um, but the NHL have come out and said that it is now banning the athletic tape which has sparked a massive bit of backlash um, we've had f- players themselves coming out and saying I'll use the tape if I want to, I'll buy it myself if I have to, that was Scott Lighton from the Philadelphia Flyers who said that um, following the announcement that was made um, we obviously know that a number of teams last year had announced that you know, had, had had different players for different reasons not taking part in the LGBTQ plus um, celebrations that were going on. Um, and so this just kind of expands on that when the NHL did announce this, that basically that it wouldn't go on any further. Um, what did come out of that was, which was an interesting one, was that Brian Burke, um, who everyone knows from previous GMs for different various teams, um, quite an outspoken member of the NHL Awards and everything else um he put out on his x or twitter he put out the decision has stripped clubs of powerful community outreach tool 
and removed meaningful support for special initiatives, all to protect a select few who do not want to answer any questions about their choices. I hope that NHL recognizes in order to remain a leader in, in the community, I suppose, uh, for this. Uh, he goes on to say that he's deeply disappointed in the NHL's decision to ban support for community causes. Uh, he thinks that over the last 35 years or so, uh, in the different NHL markets, it's done massive good things for different communities and organizations, and it should continue to do so. And by shipping this back means that their NHL's impact and having a positive impact in different communities has basically been obliterated. The NHL has been an enthusiastic and valuable support of different causes and groups um, to name a few was the indigenous people first responders military heroes cancer survivors etc etc and by having this new league-wide policy strips all of the, those important things happening and visibility for people who may need basically more information you know that message being put out um, the decision doesn't help the game doesn't grow the game doesn't make the fans feel more welcomed in fact it makes people feel more excluded than before um, I mean He's got massive points, uh, and I know what people will say. Oh, it is 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 a colourful tape, but it's it's massive point. It's another point where the NHL have basically stepped in and said pretty much, um, you know, don't say gay. Almost is what people have been putting out. Do you, would you agree? Is it is another just stance where they're just stamping even further down to say any idea of anything you guys had in terms of okay, you can't have themed jerseys, but you know we're not having anything. Uh, it's just it's another. A, it's a nonsense. Of, the the league. The league has made a move because a small number of players were incredibly vocal about um, not participating in things like Pride Night. And let's be honest, the the entire um, special jerseys, one-offs, the occasion jerseys, whatever, it's, it's a decision that's entirely based around Pride. Whether or not the NHL wants to accept it or not, it is entirely based around Pride. Otherwise, why would they go after Pride tape as well? It, it's a joke. So to protect a small number of outspoken people, they have removed the choice from other people to show their support. So they're trying to protect some and protect their freedom of expression to not uh, support a cause by eliminating the right and the freedom of expression and the freedom of speech of the vast majority to show support. And it's completely short-sighted and it's a complete and utter nonsense. And Honestly, I hope this is the, the nail that hangs Batman uh, and the end of his um, career in his position at the minute. I think it's an absolute nonsense that, um, as commissioner, he's allowed this decision to be made. Um, I think it's very, very clear where his um, thoughts lie on it because this decision has been made through the NHL. Um, it's just a joke. Don't agree I with mean, it. Brian Burke... You know, Dave, Aaron, you know, Brian Burke isn't the only one to have come out and made his stance. You know, he obviously he is saying that um, it's a setback for the NHL. But you've got uh, Calgary defenseman Rasmus Anderson, who said repeatedly that it sucks, that uh, the thing itself was something that was close to his heart, something he would love to he loves to support. Um, it's a sense of subject for some people. He just doesn't understand why it can't still be kind of something that's out there. You have Toronto Maple Leafs defenseman Morgan Riley saying that it's unfortunate. Whatever statement was made is fine. As players, we're going to continue to offer support and be allies as best we can, even though we can't do that publicly. Uh, we have, you know, um, we also have one of the prospects for Nashville, uh, who's an openly gay hockey player, um, who's Luke Prokop. Pro- Pro- um, and he has said that, you know, he's disappointed to see that some teams have cancelled the Pride Nights. Pride Nights are essential step forward, foster great acceptance and understanding in hockey. And even, you know, if we look at it from a massive point of view of where the Pride, Pride tape, tape came from, you know, back 
you know, I think it was as early as 2015, 2000 or whatever it was. And I think it was the Oilers who were a massive part in playing in that and saying that one of the big reasons why we're supporting it is to kind of help young people who maybe otherwise would quit playing hockey because of facing um, homophobia or discrimination. I mean, what's your thoughts, Dave, um, in terms of, you know, this step? Would you agree it's a step backwards? Oh, yeah. It's, it's not just a step back. It's a giant leap backwards. It's um, hockey in um, uh, the NHL in particular in North America was probably the most progressive of the, the sports leagues and prided itself on the inclusion of, of everybody um, and put an awful lot of work. There's years, decades of work to make um, to make that a reality and has been undone in one fell swoop. Um, and even if you take out uh, Pride, they're still they've taken away Black History Month, so disenfranchising uh, Black players, making them feel less included. Um, they've taken away uh, funding for um, cancer research. Um, they've taken away funding for veterans. They've taken away uh, local funding for... Um, different charities it's not the the they've done they've taken this hammer to to the league's generosity because of a few set of individuals um and have damaged and for, probably irreparably damaged the nhl's reputation going forward um i can't see the changes to the a change that will make um as much of an improvement as this has damaged the league um the, there will be a lot of fans who will be turned off um, from watching it because um, based on this stance, they have decided to um, validate decisions that were controversial to start with, to validate the people's decisions not to take part. And I was the devil's advocate in the room last season, you know, when you're saying individuals have the right to say no. Um, which is perfectly acceptable, uh, especially in the United States. The entire country is based around that fact. There was no reason to make a um, draconian statement to push that uh, to push this whole thing away because of individuals' decisions not to take part. Those individuals always had that right and have always been able to use that right. Um, this has just changed that. This has taken away that right for the people who wanted to support. Um, um, the, those individuals. The, the, that's the, what I don't get about this tape bit because it's like going on by what you're saying about the jerseys. Okay, then you're not forcing people to wear the jerseys. Then you're not forcing players to play to play the or wear the jerseys. The tape. There was no. There was no one forcing no, players no. to put you know the 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 rainbow tape on their sticks. So like, what I don't understand why remove it then. You know, it's just an option. If, if if the player wants to show support to it, then that that's cool. As you say, it ha it's only on pride tip. It's not. It's, that's the only thing we've mentioned here. I haven't mentioned any other color of tip. There, there is a. There's very few other charity based tips out there. Uh, yeah, the only other one is definitely the. Yeah, the only one I can think of is the one for um the cancer. The purple. What if they wanted to put yellow and blue? For you know, for Ukraine, for example, what probably not lied. Nope. nope. So, because they're but making, but they're they're making a statement. They've yeah. made a statement for Pride, but they haven't mentioned anything else there. Yeah, that's because the Pride, the rainbow tape, is actually a brand. Right. Okay. Um, it's a particular brand that raises charity, that raises money for um, 
uh, the Pride Charities. The, the, there's probably there is of us. Marty was saying there's probably only one other that I'm aware of, which is the um, the violet purple tape. But I think that was made right. by the NHL, which means they're probably just going to stop selling. Yeah, I'd okay. say so. And I think I just I just think it's just it's such an unfortunate thing as you guys have already alluded to. Just to kind of get my two cents into it, I think it's just an unfortunate thing that you know because of one or two players last year who made a personal decision which was respected at the time um people were maybe just a bit like you know well why is that but you know let's be honest it was respected at the time people were kind of like okay well you have the rights to do that and you have the and, and that was respected but for to go from having individuals here and there not even all not even all teams it wasn't even a, a full like it wasn't even the whole teams right across the league that had it mm-hmm. happen it was only like drips and drafts of one or all players from the odd team here across across the whole league but for them to go right, well, if if it was offended, if it offended one or team, maybe we should just stop doing it completely. And I think it's just to have a blanket ban do on they, all themes. It just seems to be, yeah, backward, backward thoughts. Do they not do the hockey is for everyone? Because I can remember sitting in John's apartment, like whenever that apartment was in uh, in, in Newton Abbey, and I remember how it was recording a podcast where we were talking about the yeah the hockey is for everyone and <laughs> all the initiatives that they were doing. Now, if they're, fair enough, that's it's years ago. But, but the point is that the point is with the decision that they've made, it's patently not for everyone anymore. But they've also yeah, done away with that program. Yeah. I mean, did they, from last year? Was that last year, last year of it? I think it was last year, yeah. It's uh, it's baffling. Um and I'm sure by the end of the season, I'm sure if enough teams are putting their thoughts and opinions out on it and enough players are saying things on it, it'll be interesting to see if there's any kind of I suppose comeback that the NHL are kind of feel a bit forced to have them be changed things again come next season. We'll wait with bit of breath and see. It's your period, Dave. Yeah, I was gonna say so I think you have do you have one more about the draft? Do you like the cover, Marty? Or I do indeed. Um, I have one more, um, and that's just on the announcement that kind of well, the story that kind of broke today, um quite late on today actually I think it was probably about midday today there's some murmurs going on which has kind of gathered pace throughout throughout the afternoon and throughout the evening um, there was a memo or a official official notification that went out to the NHL teams across the whole league uh, in which the NHL have asked for teams opinions um, around their the idea of decentralising the draft from potentially 2025 with a possibility for it to happen next year 2024 the idea that the the nhl want to kind of move forward with is more of a nfl kind of mb nba kind of style where the teams themselves um would the clubs themselves would stay at home so they wouldn't actually be in the room physically at a table instead they'd be on their phones and they'd be sitting somewhere outside of the 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 big arena where all the players are put together um and making decisions i suppose if you've ever seen like the how the nfl and the nba style works in terms of you know you've got people on like a bye 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 sell 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 kind of style on the phone like no i'm trading this and trading that you know that's the kind of idea where they have the players then announced at that point and the players don't find out you know all this kind of murmuring going on so they want to have an idea of moving to that kind of style from 2025 at the very least um 
not surprisingly, um, fans have responded straight away to say that it's probably the worst idea the NHL have come up with. Um, people have said that they like the fact that the NHL draft format is different from the NFL and the NBA style. Um, people think that it's more dramatic having the teams together in the one room, having proximity, having teams, having management teams that are together, having conversations between each other, and those things that are happening on the floor as it goes along kind of adds to the kind of environment of what, of, of what it is and inspires different trades and different things happening um just get your thoughts on this i know it's early days and maybe this will maybe this story will maybe kind of gather pace and we'll find out more come our next episode um obviously it's fresh and new today but um dave i mean your take on this do you think the nhl and the draft that they currently have works do you think there's any point really to switch over i think this is more of the nhl just saying we kind of want to go with the mainstream other leagues and just kind of do a similar format it's uh, it's interesting because I'm really certain the NHL used to be like that. Um, just from documentaries and stuff I've watched uh, and docudramas we've, I've watched. Um, you know, the Gordie Howe drama whenever his kids were drafted into the World Hockey League. It was all done cloak and dagger under the table from the, uh, a hotel separate from the main draft. Um, so I'm wondering why they've decided to go with it. Seems a bit strange, seems a bit of a backward step, maybe. Or are they thinking that having the teams not there, they might get more drama out of the draft, might get more people you know, being less predictable? Because um, it's very predictable. You usually can tell who's taken who up at least uh, round 10 sort of thing. You can usually get a good idea for uh, for the first 10, sorry. Um, you have a good idea who's going where. Um, it's very rare that we get a... Um, a big, uh, big change up, but hey ho, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I don't know if it will be beneficial or or not, but uh, if they're trying to change it, maybe they're trying to get more people in the room to watch it, so they're freeing up more seats or something. I don't know. I don't I'll know be honest, the draft is not something that I I watched anyway. Um, I'm not that way inclined. I'll 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 take an interest in who Nashville signs. To be totally out, unless we're in top five, I, I really don't care. Um, I'll see how it all comes out after training camp, and see what team we actually look like we're going to put out. The draft doesn't really mean anything to me in particular. I, I think probably what the NHL are looking for here is to boost the the platform of the draft because I think out of the NFL, the um, NBA and the NHL, like the NHL draft is the poor second cousin that far, far few people care about. Um, so they're probably just looking to add whether or not this actually happens just by having the conversation and putting that out there. They've already generated a little bit more buzz about what this year's draft will look like or even what next year's draft will look like if these changes come in for the 25 draft, say. Um I think that's all they're doing. Uh, I don't think it's going to have any massive impact on how the draft unfolds, to be totally honest. But there will be diehards who are all about their um, their fantasy hockey. And that's where the drafts have a, a big impact because as soon as their team drafts someone, they're already looking at the, the picks for next year for the, the fantasy hockey leagues. I mean, the draft itself, I mean, it's something I would I would watch a bit of. And an answer, I think, um, Fuzz um, asked the question there, is the draft not over two nights, only then top 50 or so get drafted on the first night? Um, it's right that like, it's, it is over two nights, and I usually tend to watch the first 
the first night more of it um, in terms of the first maybe like what first round picks anyway for each of the teams i usually try to focus on those ones more um after that i kind of as you said john i kind of i kind of then just wait and see what comes out and because just so much change after that point um i enjoy it but as someone else made a big point is that it it brings in because they they do the draft and they they pick a city that hosts the draft each year, it brings in massive revenue for the city as well. Um, because they have people coming in and they have massive it's a massive revenue uh, generator. So if you think about like how that's going to impact cities as well, um, it's it's an interesting way to look at it too from a business point of view. I'm also um, I'm also party, that's, that's, that's what I was going for when I was when I was reading through it. That's the the tweet that I honed in on. But the only thing about the tweets that are here is that they're, it's all the fans saying that they want it. Have we got any tweets about? Oh, this is a great decision. We no, that's that way. As I say, the story itself is so fresh. Like, I mean, I only the, the story. I was I was honestly reading the story as it broke, um, just before I was finishing work, um, just over about three hours ago now, three or four hours ago. Um, it was about three mm-hmm. hours ago, yeah. Um, and I mean, it's it's a fresh story. So I think over the next twenty four hours, forty eight hours, we'll see more responses from from uh, I suppose from GMs, teams, and and from players alike. You know, so from players maybe who have been drafted and have been in that experience of the draft. You know, those those draft round picks and stuff. Maybe getting their personal experience of what they thought of the whole situation and the whole scenarios. Um, so I'm sure that will all expand over the next twenty four or forty eight hours anyway. So I say, and it's a different host city each each year. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is. yeah. Yeah, because I'm sure I think the Nashville host this year, and I think that they put up a banner to say we were the host nation or the host team. Host state. I, I don't remember. I can't remember. They may have put um, up that they were the host nation. As I didn't realize that uh, Nashville was trying to secede from the United States. Clearly, yes, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to say that. Um, thanks for picking up on that. Um, okay, um, that's my story, Dave. Thanks. Awesome. <laughs> Not a problem. Um, and then over to John to finish us off. Uh, yeah, so this was just a really oh, quick one. I thought it was well worth um, well worth mentioning um, that uh, over in Kalamazoo, a team that we know quite well from their from their theme nights um, and their colourful ice uh, that they're incredibly well known for, um, they made a little bit of history. Uh, not the first team to to do this, but the first team in nearly two decades uh, to do this. They just won uh, an ECHL preseason game. Uh, with uh, a woman in net. Uh, Maria Fujimagari uh, took the win uh, and took an overtime win, coming in in the third period, facing 14 shots um, and leading backstop in the team to an overtime win. Um, 29-year-old, 5'11 netminder, side a PTO with Kalamazoo last month, um, coming in professionally from Sweden uh, for AIK. Um, and she's got some CWHL... Um, and PHF experience as well but she is the first uh, woman since the 1993-94 season uh, to win an ECHL game uh, in nets so just thought that was well worth uh, a mention and congratulations to to her and well done to Kalamazoo for yet again showing how progressive uh, a hockey team can be Remind us what they did to the rice uh, so they, Kalamazoo are well known for having their uh, rainbow ice. Uh, and they also, last season I think they coloured, what did they do? They coloured their ice like a single block colour for a charity night. Um, I just can't off the top of my head remember what colour it was. Was it like, did they have the NHL 94 night? I don't they, remember, but I remember did, they've were done... They the ones that coloured, were they the ones that coloured their ice like the sort of sky blue colour like you got in NHL 94? They did um, have a sky blue. Yeah, they did. did something like that. Yeah. 
And they also um, have had nights where they've had the pink, where they've had just pink for the charity for cancer cancer research or cancer charities. They've had a pink pink night where they've had, like it was completely just like flooded pink. And I think did they also have red? Um, I, did they also have red ice last year for Valentine's Day as a Valentine's yep, thing theme so. as well or something? Um, yeah, they're they're well known for for both putting together their themed jerseys as well as themed ice. Um, so yeah. I'm actually Google imaging it right now. There's a really cool one where they just, they literally look like they've just let kids go wild and draw on it. Like it's a big doodle pad, like with yeah. like teddy bears and stars and all that kind of stuff drawn over it. That's really cool. Yeah, they did. See, this, this is cool. why I like having Anthony in the audience because he just confirms stuff for us or corrects us. So he's confirming uh, the, the Valentine's thing uh, as well. Uh, Amazing having thing that as- they did having somebody who's a hell of a lot more knowledgeable than we are that's listening it's nice, it's nice having a professional on the list <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I'd say before uh, Dave before you finish off the, the, um, before you finish off this period the one thing I just wanted to mention just about this story was I think we, we did talk about um, you know obviously the the progression that we've seen over the last um, probably over the last year or two um, in the women's game um, and we did say I think there was a, a story put out last year where um, there was a conversation about uh, more like when rather than if um, you know, um, lady, lady, um, lady ice hockey players be coming into the sport in terms of, you know, getting the, the chance to step up. And I just think that um, we've seen, obviously, at the All-Stars game, we've seen, you know, different aspects of it last year. We've got this occasion now where we've seen, um, even though it was preseason, it's a step forward and it's good to see that, you know, that's, that's happening. Um, I think it's just, again, another one of those important stepping stones kind of hope that you know in the future come you know hopefully not too distant future that we're seeing um a starting a start a game starting with um a female player playing within um the men's league as well so we'll we'll wait and see yep um and that's a better way to end on the episode than we started um the, the episode the period um so i think that's everything for period two so i will hand it over to period three Period three is our general knocky Nucky news. Knocky news. news is normally where we put in everything and everything else that doesn't fit neatly into period one or two. However, this uh, podcast around, it is the Jersey special. Uh, and I don't mean New Jersey. Uh, sorry, Foz. Uh, I mean the ones that you wear. Uh, the ones we care Marty- about. Uh, Marty I don't know how you want to do this because I have seen somewhere in the background that you have done some prep on this but I'm not sure just how much prep you've done yeah, 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 yeah. Give me a second. Hang on. Let me just sum up. So we're going to start off. Uh, obviously, um, I'm just going to say, I'm going to allude with, but let's start off easy with the fact that, like, it's Halloween coming up in the next, what is it, like a week away? Is it just over a week away? Um, week and a half. Yeah, week and a half. So Halloween is coming up. So let's get, let's, let's start with the Halloween jerseys that have been released so far. Last week, last episode that we recorded, Dundee were the only team to have released a halloween themed jersey which was the freddy krueger one of them correct yep. Yep. the steelers have the steelers literally the day after we recorded the podcast released theirs but we haven't had a chance to talk about it so we're going to start off with the steelers so we'll start off with the halloween themed ones and then we'll move on to uh the other two jerseys that we want to talk about um one being the anaheim ducks and the other one being the belfast giants one that was released yet that was announced yesterday so let's start off with that and i think if i click if i click this button oh yeah, you're fancy Thanks, thanks, thanks. Yeah. So for anybody who's anybody who's not watching, I can now share it on the screen and people can see what we're talking about. For anyone who's not watching, you need to go now. Go and watch. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Of course, have a look yourself at these jerseys. Um, let's start for the Sheffield Steelers one. Uh, as I say, this one was released just after we'd done our last recording. Um, I think, Dave, you're, you were the first one to respond when you seen this on the on our chat and you were saying it was so uninspiring. Do you still yeah. stand by that? Oh, yeah. It just looks like a dirty Steelers jersey. And I mean it's actually dirty, not just that it's a Steelers journey. <laughs> <laughs> dirty, dirty Steelers. Um, let's go with. Okay, well, um, can someone give me anything like a positive that they like about it? Anybody? I like that the number looks like it's steel. Like the te- the the actual like logo, the Sheffield Steelers <laughs> logo. It looks steel-ish. Do you, know do you know what? The man's not wrong. It's the the only Steelers jersey that has anything to do with their actual name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's a bit, I like yeah. that. It's orange. I like orange. <laughs> I think I, <laughs> <laughs> um, a bit, bit of blood splatter, orange, and a bit of steel-looking three D kind of look to it. Um, I, I, he has uh, you know MS Paint, you know click, clip art sort of style thing going on with it. Yeah. That's Percy. what it is. The yeah, uh, <laughs> looks like looks like Microsoft clip art. It, Perfect. Yes. <laughs> you. Uh, what we. What did she say? Is um, the Steelers have jumped on this year as well as being one of the teams that you can um, purchase um, said jerseys. Um, so that is that you can purchase them for the price of fifty five pounds if you would like. Um, I. I would kind of agree. I think when you look at some of the other ones that we're going to show now, um, and we even look at back at some of the ones that even the ones Steelers did last year, um, I think it, it doesn't seem as be as. You know, it's not as inspiring as what they've maybe done before. Um, and it's not maybe, maybe they haven't maybe pushed the boat out as maybe some have. Um, and I'm saying that, let's quickly look at the next one, which we have on, uh, uh, I think we're going to move over to MK Lightning for the next one, which is uh, this one here. Um, so the MK Lightning one, um, it's kind of a, what they're doing with this one is that they're, they've kind of created that bone skeleton kind of thing in the different rips of it, which is kind of similar to kind of maybe ones that we've seen last year. I think actually the Steelers had one slightly similar, I would say yeah. last year. Um, but again, maybe pushing the board out a bit more, being a bit more creative with their, with their Jersey. Um, what do you guys make of this one from MK? It's better. Okay. Um, it's better. I'm not sure of the, um, the, like the ghosting color. Like I, I, I don't know the scientific, uh, sides behind it, but I, I didn't think ghosts had bones. Is um, it ghosts? Do you see ghosts? I, well, no. I mean, like it's like ghosty white. The jersey itself, and it's then it's, it's got bones. Yeah, I know it's grey, but still, it make, to my eye, it looks like a ghost with bones. I just thought it was what lightning. I'm saying. I just thought it was. I just thought it was lightning's kind of color. Um, yeah, no, their colors like, are like they're like white and blue. Are they not? No, but they're not. Ch- did that change more to a grey colour whenever they done the rebrand yeah. with the new with the new MK Lightning um, logo and everything? Was it not like a change the colours as well? Um, Honestly, I'm going to give it like three minutes and Anthony. I'm going <laughs> to give it three minutes and Anthony's going to tell us anyway. Um, um, I, but generally, generally, I'm, it's better than the Steelers. I'm still not okay. a massive fan. Okay. Uh, we're going to switch across up to um, Glasgow. We're going to look up there. They released two jerseys today. Um, we had a bit of a conversation with this on our uh, our group chat. So the first one is their, their uh, warm-up jerseys, which is the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, um, Ghostbusters themed. Um, I know, Dave, your thoughts on it were... Don't like it. <laughs> uh, raisins being, please. Can you give me a bit more detail? Should you put the gold logo in the middle? Because they've done something with it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I know it's their sponsor, but you know, come on. Yeah, I've got to agree with Dave on this one. It it suffers with that logo being on there and being 
like bright gold. Otherwise, I actually quite like the jersey. I like the design. I, I totally get what they're going for here as opposed to the Milton Keynes one. Um, but yeah, that, that logo. I do like what they've done with the clan logo. This is, the, I think, the best use of the new clan logo since they brought it round. Um, okay. However, I do like uh, on social media, Thomas Brownlee had the best response to this and he's like, absolutely love uh, this logo redesign. Ban the clan. <laughs> well, actually, in mentioning clan that, what I should say in that, um, some of the clan fans themselves, I did read in the comments, some clan fans themselves were asking what was the thought process in the design of the the the, the, the cross through the, the clan uh, logo, uh, because people were asking, um, why are we crossing off our own logo? What's the purpose <laughs> of this? And I kind of do agree. I kind of like, what was the purpose of crossing out their own logo? Um, change the colors fine, but why did they cross it out? I don't. I don't really understand. Either. Because it's it's the Ghostbusters. It's the Ghostbusters symbol. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the Ghostbusters symbol. Is the ghost? Yeah. Is the ghost with the cross through it? So that's what they've done. Yeah, it's but, I mean, it doesn't. Yeah, it, it doesn't work in this context. Let's be totally honest. It doesn't. It doesn't work. In the, yeah, you're right. It doesn't. And we'll, we'll get into the other jersey. So the other jersey. Sorry, and you were going to say something there, and I completely cut you off. I was going. I. I I have to wait until we see the other jersey to make my okay. comment because I'll, I'll, I'll switch over to the other one. So the other one is their ga- it's going to be their game jersey, which they have taken a variation of their Ghostbusters uh, uniforms. Dave, hold your hold your tongue for a second. Uh, they take the Ghostbusters uniform uh, and they have uh, they've assured fans because it hasn't been seen yet. They have assured fans that there is a proton pack design on the back of the jersey. Now let's let's <laughs> the, um, <laughs> we we are all. All four panelists, all four of us uh, on this podcast are all pretty nerdy. Um, we're all pretty much big fans of Ghostbusters. We're pretty much fans of any kind of pop nerd culture. Um, D- Dave, um, <laughs> um, we'll come to you first. Um, wrong color. <laughs> Not for Ghostbusters 2. We did no. this. Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters no. 2 is navy. I, I, I can go get it's, the pictures. I can go get the pictures again. No, no, it's... <laughs> It's not the, the photo. The photo you showed had a filter on it. It's like a dark, <laughs> dark grey. Not dark grey. No, that that. Tan and one that navy is, in the second one. Now so my perfect. my opinion did go up when I heard the proton pack was there, but uh, personally, <laughs> think it's I don't know. They've didn't even bother Google, googling Ghostbusters uniform <laughs> before doing it. We're going to come on to another Ghostbusters uniform in a second, but let's stick with this one just for a minute. Um, Dave, we know your thoughts. Um, John, you kind of applauded when it came on. Um, you're, you're, you're a big fan, you like? Big fan. And I said, if I wasn't away in England while they are playing in these, I would have gone to Glasgow and tried my hand at getting one of these. Um, that being said, they are putting, they're doing like a shirt off the back thing for the warm up, the Stay Puft jerseys. These, however, are being auctioned off, and I have been to a few jersey auctions. I am not rich enough for those events. No. no. So I'll give I'm, it. I'll give it about three years until someone regrets having spent all that money, and then I'm, I'll get one on Facebook Marketplace. Um, Aaron, let's get your thoughts before I get my two cents worth. I really like it, and if they don't have a portion of the or when they're on the ice that some of the players are in the Stay Puff jersey and some of the players are in uh, the Ghostbusters jerseys I'll be very disappointed that should happen at some point oh my god that should happen <laughs> no oh, there should be one of the two different teams there should be one a netminder should be yeah. in the Stay Puffed 
<laughs> I, I think yeah. they should put. I think they should actually. I think what they should do is they should put Clangus into a Stay Puff jersey, <laughs> for, and get him to skate around and get the players to chase him. I think that's the genius move. I think it's a great that's, idea. That's exactly. No, Clangus is surely. We're getting we're getting a bit niche and a bit geek here, but surely Clangus, <laughs> surely Clangus would be more like one of the the gatekeepers. Hmm. Yeah, okay, let's, let's, I mean, let's stick to the fact that she jerseys. Um, the I one mean, if, thing Sigourney, I would, if Sigourney Weaver bursts out and asks, are you Zool, then I'm totally sold. <laughs> um, what I would say is I really like the concept of the of the jerseys. I think what what, what I like about it is it's bold. It's um, stepping out there and doing something different with the jersey, which I really like. And I think if, if it's kind of, I think what they're doing, both Dundee so far and Glasgow are doing is, I think they're definitely playing on the response that Manchester had last year from the Stranger Things design jersey that they had. Um, Mm. And I definitely think that they have went down the route of let's go with what worked for Manchester and do something similar. And I like it when they go bold and they do these sorts of things. So I'm all for it. I'm a big fan, big, big fan. Um, Let's have a quick look at the what Dave said is a good example of a Ghostbusters jersey. Um, and this is a, an example of that. Um, Dave, where did this come from again? Who was this again? Um, was it uh, Comets? Comets, that is. Fort, Fort Wayne Comets in the ECHL. Um, they're going to host the Toledo Walleye um, for a spectacular minor league hockey game. Um, and this Dave, is their you're, version. You're only saying that because it's a slight, uh, maybe a slight. So is the right color? color. <laughs> just because it's the color no it's not yes it is it's not this is not the right color at all and if your argument about the clan busters is a thing they've done exactly the same thing oh don't mind I like the, I actually like the idea I don't think I just, I'm going to take the piss out of it but it does that to their logo but no it's because it's the right color <laughs> it's too plain it's too plain no. and there's no proton pack it's a terrible <laughs> terrible jersey <laughs> I was just about to say that. where's the proton pack uh, that's I think the fact that like you know the, the Glasgow went all in they've got the proton pack on the back mm-hmm. I think it's yeah but they didn't even bother googling what colour the uniform was but they did they, they did get slimed so slimers obviously yeah. got to them there um, so that that's a little bit and of a bonus but no I prefer, I? I prefer the the, the uh, Glasgow's jersey Glasgow didn't even get a shout out from ghostbusters.com which is where this came from not no. yet. Not yet. Um, I'm going to do <laughs> the, last, the last hollow. I'm going to do the last Halloween jersey um, in the selection that we have. Um, I'm sure there's a couple of other teams will bring out their Halloween jerseys tomorrow. I bet you after this podcast being recorded. Um, but let's go with the last one that we have, and that's from the Coventry Blaze. Um, anybody want to take lead on their thoughts on this one? Looks like every Coventry Blaze Halloween jersey ever released. I quite like it. Yeah. What do you like about it? I- I just like the colours. I think it's uh, just think it's a quite eye-catching jersey. The colour was because they've used colours that aren't part of their standard setup, and uh, they got pumpkins orange instead of purple. Okay, yeah. The Aaron, <laughs> you were going to say something there. Go back to the the Glasgow jersey. I like it because it's a bit creative. You know, it's a bit geeky as well. This to me just looks like I've ah, gone onto a clip, not clip art, but going online. Give me an image to do with Halloween, and I'll stick it on my jersey. I, I agree with you. That's kind of my thoughts. My kind of thoughts were, um, as I mentioned already, I like the Glasgow and the Dundee one because they're kind of, you know, they kind of went mainstream, kind of, you know, pop culture. Like they kind of went like straight in. Dundee's is brilliant. Um, I And I like those. And I think this is, again, as you kind of said, it kind of feels like it's just a clip art stick and paste, which I think a couple of other teams will do the same. I think the Belfast Giants will do another one, which will be just like bones or something, bats and ghosted 
and I think it'll be something similar to like last year's. Uh, and I like the fact that some of them went. I could, I could be completely wrong. Maybe they'll surprise us after which has been a very di- well, I suppose, an argumentative uh, variation of the uh, like when everybody's seen them live. The uh, later hosen jerseys, which has hit the news. Um, people are some people love them some people hate them as very marmite um i love them <laughs> um, and i know a lot of people didn't like them but I, I kind of i think if the giants could go or something extreme for their halloween one as well i think they'd be keeping going with that, that tradition well, but i have a feeling they'll be you quite knew, marty had a discussion about the what the giants should do because they're playing dundee um and the, we should do a freddy versus jason should do a Freddy versus Jason. Mm, get them to bring their jerseys over. We should have ours. Should be Freddy versus uh, totally, but they're never going to do that. But the should one hundred percent agree. Should do that. Freddy versus Jason's good. I was trying to think. Is it like does Game of Thrones count? Could they? Could could it be like the, the Night's Watch or something like that themed, or mm. or like a White Walker themed, just to make it a bit more fun? So it's not really a theme then. A winter um, theme. Winter theme. <laughs> um, Anthony has just sent us through a message to say stuck a link to the bees one in the door 14 Twitter. I'll have a look at that and I'll see if I can get it up before the end of this segment. Um, guys, the next one I'm going to go on to is just, we're going to take us back. It's going to take us away from Halloween and we're just going to look at what I think is the most beautiful jersey I have seen in a long time. And it's switching over to NHL and that was the Anaheim Ducks putting out their 30th anniversary Ducks jersey. What do you guys think of this? You're missing, out the best, you're missing out the best part though. You're not able to show the, the, the video. No, no, I didn't put the video on. The video was amazing. You have to what the duck doing the drum roll? Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head what they called that. What did they call that duck again? Oh my god, it's amazing. It's Ben. Ben, Ben, is it? Oh, hold on. I'm 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 getting it. Ben Ben Affquack. Ben (laughs) Affquack. Ben Affquack is back. Apparently, that was a thing before. I had absolutely no idea. Um, but yeah, the. The duck doing the the drum is absolutely fantastic, but on these jerseys, I'm a I'm such a massive fan of the the old school Mighty Ducks. I mean, anyone who grew up with the movie is a fan of this over the stylized Anaheim Ducks, the the D and what they do with that team now. The the Disney design studio know exactly what they're doing. And going back to Wild Wing is just amazing. I love anything that's got Wild Wing on it. And these jerseys are fantastic. It t- takes you straight back to the movies. And the fact that they've put, if you look at the little detail on the collar on the jersey, the fact that it says Mighty. Mighty. So they've Beautiful. gone back and they're owning, for so many years, this team avoided using the phrase Mighty Ducks because they tried to get away from that Disney side. And yes, there were probably legal issues around it as well. Um, but going back and owning that is so so good and doing it for the 30th anniversary is just fantastic and the colour is just perfect I love that that deep deep purple Eggplant. is just amazing Where, when is the jersey out yet or has it just been announced oh no it's been out they've played in it they've had yep. they've had it out and it's been played and you can buy it it might be sitting in my um, basket already to pay, potentially purchase one from uh, a, a website that I use for purchasing jerseys um, so Listen, if anybody wants I'm, to get it I'm just waiting I <laughs> if anybody wants to get it <laughs> I told you guys, I'm just waiting for it to appear in TK Maxx because over the last few months, it, for some reason, TK Maxx are just doing nothing but selling Ducks merch. 
So at some huh. point, this is going to turn up in TK Maxx. One last jersey, um, while I try to get the other one up that um, Anthony had sent us, but one last jersey, and this is looking forward to a, another part of the year, which is later in this year, which is Christmas time. The Belfast Giants have already released their Christmas jersey for 2023 uh, in the hope that people will be able to order them this coming weekend, this coming weekend, and I think before a certain date in October so that they can get them for the Christmas games. Um, and that is this one. Um, thoughts and opinions uh, John let's go with you first uninspired it's I don't know it's boring it's got candy canes on it and it's got snowflakes I, I don't know just massively why, inspired why isn't it Ghostbuster themed <laughs> why isn't it Nightmare Before Christmas why isn't it why, are, why is it not Turbo Man like Jingle All The Way like there are so many things that you can do around you Christmas you have to explain it uh, it doesn't work, man. <laughs> Why is the turbo man? Even, oh, jingle all the way. <laughs> but even still, like, okay, maybe bad example there. But do you know what I mean? Like, there's there's so many like classic Christmas things. Like, they haven't even put a hat on Holy Finn. Christ. They haven't put a beard on Finn. Like, there's, there's they just haven't done anything. I'm just avoiding what you said there. Um, <laughs> there's nothing. Yeah, it could, it could have had a wee Christmas hat on the logo. Yeah, there, there's nothing interesting, nothing original. It's just thrown in design elements into a rant. Like, even AI would do a better job of that, if I'm totally honest. And I don't like saying it, because um, I love the Giants. But still, that's that's uninspired. I would put one pound into the short off the back for that. Meanwhile, for Christmas, I'll continue wearing my dickle. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't. I, we have jerseys. We have Christmas jerseys from previous years, um, which I think Dave has a full team's worth of jerseys from Christmas from previous years. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of get what you mean. I just think um, I think it's slightly better. I think I would say um, I think I think there's a comment here. Um, for, yeah, I think it's better than last year's, and I would tend to. Agree, I think I agree with that. Um, I think it's more. What I like about it is that it does seem to be a bit more in your face. I like it. I like the. It's more, uh, yeah. I like that it's a bit more in your face, and you can see, and it's very Christmassy. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I think was the elf that we have the elf one last year. Was that the elf yeah. one last year, the year before, where they were dressed as giant elves and had the and I I didn't like that one at all. I just thought it was so bad. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's the first team to release their jer- like release a Christmas jersey pretty early on, even before they release their Halloween jersey. Um, so we'll wait and see what other teams do around the league. Um, I'm having real difficulty getting this last image up. Um, sorry, Anthony. Um, but I know the bees are doing their variation. They're doing a variation, I believe, from the looks of it, on Freddy Krueger as well. On um, the Giants' Christmas one, I have to agree with John. It's a bit uh, lackluster. Um, it is better than previous years, but. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't want. While, I wouldn't be behind a replica. While, while you're trying to get that sorted, Marty, bring in Fuzz on this one. He's absolutely nailed it. Die Hard, a white tank top, spot uh, a dirty white, a dirty white yeah. tank top that leads down at the that. very bottom of the jersey to two little bare feet. We're not getting into it. There you go. There's the bees one there. Um, well, so it's a variation as well of the um, Freddy Krueger one. So that's the last of our jerseys. That's very it good. Is. I like, I like it. Yeah. yeah, I actually think I like that one more than I like the Dundee one. To be honest, the Dundee one's nice, but I think I like that one more. I think the fact that they've done some design with the logo and stuff as well, I think that's. I think that's perfect. actually my favorite favorite one I've seen uh, so far. The the, again, the doctor and the drum roll was the best thing of this period so far. <laughs> again, yeah, uh, you'd be in the professional in the room here, you know. <laughs> if if nobody has seen it, go uh, go and look at the Anaheim Ducks uh, X uh, page and scroll down until you see the duck 
drumming uh, and it's well worth about 16 well, seconds hold on. of your life. Give him his name. Ben Affleck. <laughs> Watch Ben Affleck do a drum roll to, to release the jersey. It's amazing. Marty, do you want me to rock on to what's next? Uh, if you'd like, it is your segment. Uh, it is a new segment. To, it's a new feature to the show, so rock on. You can introduce it and I'll hit the button and get us ready to go. Here we go. So, um, I in the off-season, I had a random idea that I thought it would be good for us to try and reach out to the teams across the Elite League and see if we could have a chat with some players. In particular, I thought it would be a good idea for us to have a chat with the one or two, uh, as it turns out, uh, six or seven, number 14s across the league. Uh, And the first team to get back to us, uh, the first player to get back to us, was uh, Guilford Flames number 14, Ben O'Connor. Inaugural 14 with 14 by Team GB gold medalist, two-time EIHL league champion, EIHL Challenge Cup and Playoff champion, NIHL Cup champion, to name just a few, uh, and current Guildford Flames defenceman and number 14, Ben O'Connor. Ben, thanks for agreeing to have a chat with me. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, uh, thanks a lot for having me. So 14 and 14 is a new segment to the podcast. Our hope is that through these chats, we'll get to know more about players who wear the number 14 across the game, both on and off the ice, given a different kind of insight for fans. And if it helps, you can think of it as uh, the much shorter hockey equivalent of Vogue's 73 question series. With that in mind, Ben, uh, I'll get started with the first question, if that's okay. Yeah, fire away. So first things first, what's your coffee order? Do you know what? I, I don't drink tea or coffee. Uh, um, don't, I'm not a big fan of it. I've tried everything. Uh, when I was in Sheffield, Jono and Dowdy, they all tried to get me on a, all the Starbucks orders and I just don't like it. Uh, green tea is about as exciting as I get. Uh, <laughs> or a white monster, that's where I get my caffeine. So, oh, wow, okay. Pretty disappointing. Um, so, swinging over to hockey then. How did you get started in hockey, Ben? Uh, my dad. Um, my dad played uh, in Durham. Um, I was born and just, you know, like any kid wants to be, you know, idolizes his dad. And I remember sitting on the steps when I was very young at Durham, watching the games and um, was on the ice as soon as I could walk. And I just did my blood and just wanted to be just like him and, and, uh, and play hockey. So um, I was fortunate enough to do that. Great stuff. So why the number 14 then? Um, I've I've had a, a lot of different numbers over my career. Um, I think coming down to Guildford, um, Stuart Potts is like a brother to me. He played here for many years and he wore 14. And um, yeah, I just thought it'd be cool to wear the same number as him. Cool. Um, different tack this time. Uh, take a, a, a different sort of tack on questions. What's your favorite movie of all time? The one that you'll watch over and over again? Oh, jeez. Uh, there's so many. Uh, I mean, it depends what kind of mood you're in. Um, you can never go wrong with an old school, um, something like that. Anything with Adam Sandler. Um, but I definitely have to say something along the lines of Step Brothers or old school, something like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you mentioned uh, your dad was a, a big influence, um, but... It may be the, the same answer for this one, but who or what do you think has been the biggest influence in your hockey career so far? Yeah, definitely my dad. Um, you know, if anyone knows Mike, he's uh, very grounded down to earth and he's always there for, for support. And, um, you know, he's, he's not very pushy like some 
parents may be this day and age, you know, he's, uh, he's really laid back and he's always been there for an ear or a bit of advice. And um, he's, uh, he's been a really good help uh, having him in my corner throughout my career, having to make uh, some tough decisions. And uh, he's always good to bounce ideas off. It's not one of the YouTube hockey dads then? No, definitely not. <laughs> the, most of the advice is just have fun, be a good teammate and uh, work hard. So he's, uh, he's pretty laid back and uh, yeah, got some good advice. Cool. Uh, next question then. You've been handed the ox cord in the locker room pre-game. What's playing? Oh, I'd have to go. I'd have to throw back some 90s, um, show the imports, some 90s British pop, dance music. Um, you know, this day and age, it's all rap and country. And, uh, so, yeah, I'd have to go old school 90s British pop dance music. Nice. I listed off at the very start, Ben, a few um, elite league and British highlights uh, in your career. But what's been your highlight hockey moment of your career so far? Oh, there's, there's quite a few. I've been fortunate to win uh, in a lot of places. And, um, I think uh, as a national team, what we've done is fantastic. You know, back to back gold medals, getting up to Pool A and then staying up, being three nothing down against France and just coming back. It just it gives me goosebumps now talking about it. And, you know, again, uh, in Nottingham last year, getting promoted again. Um, it's it's something that, you know, I'm going to be an old man. and I'm still going to smile and watch the videos and you know, have beers with the other boys and talk and laugh about it because it's something that's very special. Um, now on the club side of things, um, in Sheffield, we won back-to-back league titles on the last weekend of the year, which was pretty cool. Um, going to Hungary two years ago and we won the treble. Uh, that was really fun to win it in a different country and see how they celebrate, how how much it meant to those fans. And um, yeah, it's uh, I've, been, I've been fortunate to, to win and Every time you win, there's a different feeling, a different meaning behind it. Uh, but I think definitely what we've done with the national team, hands down, just it trumps everything. Brilliant. Uh, off the ice again then, what's the, the go-to comfort meal for Ben O'Connor? Oh, if I'm having a cheat day, it's got to be either a burger or a pizza. Uh, probably a, just a big bacon cheeseburger, something greasy. And uh, You've had two or three games in the week and you're dying for that greasy meal. It's got to be a big, nice cheeseburger. Nice. Um, so looking back at hockey again, what are your career aspirations? And by that, what I mean is, what is the, is there an ideal I've made it moment? Um, and what does that look like to you? I think my aspirations right now, uh, uh, hopefully just to keep playing. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting on. Uh, every year the guys get younger and I get older. So, um, you know, I, I just want to keep playing. I love hockey. Um, I love it down here in Guildford. Uh, it's a good organization. It's surrounded with good people. Um, I think um, the I made it moment was uh, winning golds. And uh, with GB, anytime you win, it's a good feeling. And, you know, you go into that summer training harder because you want to you wanna replicate that. And, you know, I, I know all the, the guys on Team GB and the guys that are, are trying to make that team are working very hard this year, not only with the clubs, but to be a part of that GB program uh, come come May. Brilliant. So imagine, if you will, for a second, that the coaches asked you to organise a team day. Where are you taking the lads? I've organised quite a few team days. Um, 
So, I mean, I'd start it off with um, a round of golf with the boys, get a fun format going, a better ball, teams of three, uh, a couple of beers, a couple of fun holes, um, you know, get that sorted in the morning. And then maybe uh, a, a little uh, meal for the boys and some beers uh, on, on the evening. Maybe some shuffleboard, some darts, beer pong, um, and just uh, have, a, have a good team day out. Nice. Um, what about pregame then for you, Ben? What does pregame look like for you uh, getting ready for a, a Guilford Flames game? Um, I typically wake up pretty early. Uh, I've got two young girls, so um, I'm used to waking up early. Um, I uh, wake up early, have breakfast, pot around the house, um, do some housework, laundry, whatever it is doing. Then uh, have breakfast, early doors, and then uh, there's a bunch of us down here that we go and shoot some basketball, get moving around a little bit, uh, come back, have pregame meal, um, around 11, 30, 12, and then uh, have a nap for an hour and a half, two hours, and then wake up and head to the game. Not Nothing really too exciting. What about away from the game then, Ben? How do you switch off from hockey? Uh, just spend time with my children, uh, friends, going to whack a golf ball, um, you know, just just the standard really, nothing, nothing outrageous. Uh, you know, the odd beer here or there with the boys and uh, you know, driving range, coming into winter, you don't get many holes in. So uh, driving range and uh, just the standard, nothing nothing outrageous. Um, do you have an NHL team that you follow, Ben? Yeah, uh, yeah, I like the Leafs. Um, I just, I've always supported the Leafs. Uh, and standard good... standard follow, uh, horrific follow-up question for a Leafs fan then. You're going to win the cup this year? Yeah, if we can make it past the, the first round, it's good. <laughs> You know, I'm an NHL fan, though. I like watching the exciting players and, you know, you turn on the highlights in the morning and it's just fun to it's fun to watch the teams with those uh, high highlight players and, and what they do is special. Yeah. To wrap up then, Ben, if you could go back and give 10-year-old you one piece of advice, what would it be? Just have fun, uh, work hard, uh, be a good teammate and, um, you know, always come to the rink every day with a smile on your face and, and be a good teammate. Um, because you know what, played with people that are very good and, uh, you know, it might not last forever. So just make the most of it and uh, just work hard. You know, work hard is, it comes for free. So you give good effort every day, it's, it gets noticed. Brilliant. Ben, huge thanks for giving up your time to chat and giving us an insight into yourself both on and off the ice. And good luck for the rest of the season with the Flames. Yeah, thanks for having me, John. All the best. Cheers. Well, thank you so much again to Ben O'Connor for giving his time um, to John and, and taking part in our inaugural uh, 14 with 14. Um, John, thank you as well for um, suggesting the feature and, and getting it, bringing it alive. Um, we, we hope to bring you, bring everyone, I suppose, one each team um, to take part. Um, I, I, we hope that that's, that's, that's our aim um, and we hope to have another player next year. Or sorry, next, next, next year. year. <laughs> um, we hope to have... <laughs> Well, listen, uh, listen. Some of the some of the emails haven't had responses yet. I'll be totally honest. Uh, we do have a a couple of irons in the fire. Uh, there are a few that we're working on. Uh, some are further down the road than others. So I am hopeful that we're going to have maybe not one every podcast, 
but hopefully um, fairly regularly we'll get through them. Um, so anyone who does the research, there are seven number four teams in the Elite League this season. Um, there are three number 15s, so we are substituting with a, a couple of teams uh, with the number 15s. Uh, Cardiff, uh, an obvious one, who have retired number 14. Uh, Fife this season, we had a bit of a, or I had a bit of a back and forward with them on uh, X uh, at the uh, just before the season kicked off with the fact that they managed to sign themselves a 13 and a 15 and not a 14. Um, and I believe the other team is Coventry, who, who don't have a 14 uh, this season. So like I say there's work going on in the background. Um, that was a first for us uh, as well. But fingers crossed we're going to have more as the season goes on. Fantastic job, by the way, Jim. Yeah, great job. Work. And look, before I, I've got to say as well, massive thanks to the Guildford Flames organisation and uh, in particular to Ben uh, as well, who was very, very quick in coming back to me and organising the time to have a chat with me. Uh, really nice guy, spoke incredibly well. Um, and even after we finished up there, stuck on with me for another 10 or 15 minutes, had a chat. Uh, was having a go at me for uh, the the Belfast Giants logo in the the background here, um, and had, like I said earlier on, he had uh, nothing but uh, good things to say about Daniel Tedesco as well uh, when we got chatting a little bit about uh, his move across to Belfast. So massive, yeah, massive thanks to him about as well. that, uh, the hand pass. Absolutely not. I didn't ask him about his hand pass to Colin Shields for that goal uh, that was in our <laughs> intro for a couple of seasons. One hundred percent, I did not. Oh. <laughs> Oh, oh well. Um, no, thank you so much. Um, and we do hope to bring you more uh, as the season goes on. Um, that's it, I think, for this week. Um, it's covered quite a lot. Um, and we will... Oh, John's, John's background. I don't know how he's, it just exploded when he gave <laughs> his thumb. I don't, I don't know what... I don't, we'd have to try to figure that out. Um, but anyway, um, we will wrap off this episode as we normally do. And just to uh, point everybody in the direction of our social media and our website. So if you want to listen to any of our previous podcasts, uh, you can check them out on uh, our our, fi- our our website, door14hockey.com. Uh, check out... Um, you know our social medias get involved send us questions send us your stories on our social media channels door 14 hockey on twitter slash x uh youtube or uh, yeah uh facebook instagram tiktok and also door 14 hockey on t- uh, youtube well. we will link all of those up on our social medias this week um check back on uh previous episodes as well just any your podcast provider of choice we're on all of them so don't forget to like subscribe and leave us comments and ratings because we really do appreciate that um i do want to thank uh everyone who has listened to our previous episode it is now i don't know what happened over this last uh, last two or three weeks uh last two weeks um we've had um really good responses to the episode so thank you very much for those who are new to the show and who started listening in um and for anybody who's new to this episode um we hope you've enjoyed hello everyone it. in columbus um, yeah. <laughs> hello everyone in columbus uh which seems to be a big following in columbus don't know what that's about um but yes so thank you so much for that um that's it for this week i'm going to sign off i'm marty i'm dave i'm john i'm Aaron. have a great week <laughs>